they had told me this podcast was going to be 15 years long, would it have been easier to endure? That's funny. Thank you. This episode is going to be 15 years long. I'm calling no. it right now. Yes, we have to do the kind of experiential. No. People love it when we do. No. And exp- we ma- remember remember in the prestige episode. We can check in with, with this guest. When my when my twin subbed in for a second. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah I, I definitely that. remember that. Really well executed. Seven yeah, years ago. Bring a hammer, which <laughs> is so know, disappointing. Is, we're trying all these things here. We're trying to get in bit inception. We did podcasts in a podcast. 127 <laughs> hours, we were 127 hours long, and that worked out really well. And so I'm saying let's just do like as long as we can get dumplings. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, right. We will have dumplings delivered every day. That yes. that would be nice. Yeah. Um, no, we can check in 15 years later though, like um Richard Linklater style. So what's that? Um, let me do the math. Uh 2038. Oh. Oh yeah. So we good. So we'll meet back here. Yeah. Wet, 2038. Or like yeah. the Wet Hot American Summer. <laughs> right. Like, right. You know, I'm okay. busy that morning, but <laughs> okay. afternoon I could do. So rather than do a 15 year long podcast, we do a podcast, and then 15 years later we come back to it and go, mm, yeah, pretty good. <laughs> pretty good app. What are you doing, Dave? David's t- his new favorite bit of prop comedy. I'm playing with the big tape measure. He likes the big tape measure. No. This is set up in a later episode. Okay. All right. That's um, a tease. This is a terrible beginning to a big <laughs> episode about a big movie from our big director. year-long <laughs> podcast. <laughs> this is Blank Check with Griffin and David. I'm Griffin. I'm David. It's a podcast about filmographies, directors who have massive success early on in their careers and are given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. Sometimes those checks clear and sometimes they bounce, baby. It's a miniseries on the films, a Park Cham look, and it's called I'm a Podcast, but that's okay. That's right. That's right, jerks. It's not called Podboy. No. You keep calling them jerks. We put the poll up on Twitter. Yeah, and right? we said, fuck you, your opinions And they, they voted against for, this, and, and they, we, we asked decided, for them to choose. Yes. We decided against their choice. Yeah, we're teaching them a lesson. They chose okay. sympathy for Mr. Podcast, and we yeah. decided that was boring. And we had no sympathy for them. Fuck off. Right. All right. All right. Um, yep. Today, we're talking about Old Boy, his most famous film. Is that still true? Probably I think, is, I right? think it has yeah. to yeah. be. Yeah. Right? So the Handmaiden, yeah. probably the only challenger, I would say. I don't think Handmaiden comes anywhere close to this in terms of legacy. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, I That's my favorite of his films. I just think he will kind of always be the old boy guy. And this that was will a, be his a, a film that changed things. Yes. That's it's hard to make one of those. Yeah. Right. Yes. And it's also like so much of its era. I feel like it's it yes. a really kind of era is. defining. Right. Yep. Yes, yep. it is. This is sort of like, like the graduate for like modern South Korean cinema, you know, where you're like, well, that's like an inflection point. I think it's just also a, it's just a big movie for extreme cinema. Yes. In general. Yes. Like like or Western audiences being exposed to extreme cinema. That's the thing. I think this movie crossed over more than than most films of the two thousands did uh, into the United States. Most films of the two? You mean like most like foreign like films. foreign films. foreign language sure. films? Yeah. Not immediately, but I just think yeah, this movie more, just kept fucking growing. Well, and right. it also, like, introduced people, I think. For, it, was, it was people's introduction, a lot of people, to South Korean cinema yeah, as an 100%. idea. And a scene, What's going on here? And, like, and especially, like, then it kind of, the whole scene got associated right. with being, like, gnarly, yes. <laughs> extreme stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. That is all true. It's like, like, did it make a lot of money in America, like, in theaters? Not at all. No, no, well, no. But, but, I feel like, like it was huge on DVD. Exactly. Yes. It just had this kind of, like long reputation or like like college kids yes, or whatever, absolutely. you know, all that. Yeah, if you were um, in the know, if you were like right. a suburban 
you know, a suburban teen who became a college kid, like you would show off your sophistication with like old boy. Also, so much of you know the the fact that this movie is so fucked up. It, it, it is though. No, it is. I'm not saying it. I'm no, not, no, no, no. I'm no, not you're right. No, but we were kind of like that in 2005. I feel like, this and now I'm watching it. I'm like. Good lord, this is so fucked up. I like, think this movie's legacy for a while <laughs> like, was Jesus. like someone has the DVD in their dorm room and they're like, have you fucking seen this? Like people oh, yeah. want to show it to friends to see their reaction to it in a way that was more of a like VHS era horror thing, I think, where it's like, oh, have you never seen Han Cannibal Holocaust? Yeah. I yes. got to show you this fucked up thing. Right. And then you could kind of progress from there if like right. Old Boy was like the entry level and then you could get into like Flowers of Flesh and Blood and like all yes. of kind of like the stuff that was like even more esoteric. Right. The Tartan Extreme Era. Thank oh, you. That's the big... I tried so hard. Yeah. So hard to get, the to get a job at Tartan. Oh, oh, to get a job doing when what? When I was oh, right wow. out of college. Yes. It was like my number one, like, I want to work at Tartan. Doing like, what? Like marketing or like whatever. Just anything. You, know, you any, were like, like take me in. Entry-level yeah. job. I yeah. had an interview there and I think, you know, they appreciated my enthusiasm and eventually we're just sort of like, this kid does has no work experience. <laughs> like, really? Like... Can we just say that extreme was a masterstroke? For those who don't know, Tartan, oh, yeah. uh, uh, distribution, home media company, but they started putting out certain titles under the Tartan Extreme label, and I feel like old boy having that Tartan Extreme and big letters on top made people go, "What? So what else?" Right? Yeah. And then it was sort of like anything else with the Tartan Extreme on top was like, well, maybe it's like old boy. And I do think that branding alone being tied to this movie exposed a lot of people to a lot of films they wouldn't have watched otherwise. Uh, 100%. Um, and uh, very, very cool. And obviously they did um, Battle Royale as well, which I yes. feel like is the other early 2000s yeah. piece oh, wow. of Asian earlier cinema. Than this. It's like 2001 maybe? I think or? so, 2000, 2001. Um, I think audition was... Right, I, I think and Audition, yeah. audition all right, or Battle Royale is 2000. I think okay. Audition is 2001, but let me look it up. No, 99, sorry. Thank you. Um, I saw Audition recently. I mean, obviously, I say these these are the numbers on them, but like they came to the West a little later, right. usually. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, but, but I think Old Boy is benefiting from a couple years of tape trading of Battle Royale it and is, Audition. But and I do the also killer, think you it's know? like, so you guys know about Japanese cinema? Sure. Yes. You know about Hong Kong kung fu movies? Yeah. Sure. You know, but like, do you know about Korean movies? What do they do in Korea? Like, what? Well, right. fucking open Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I, I think there was that thing of like, you know, yes, coming from different countries, but those couple of movies we just listed circulating with like intense film bros, right? Right. And then also because of like Tartan Extreme, I think a lot of them ended up at your like, you know, Hollywood video. Yes. And like those were standards in the international right. section. And so if you were like looking for something that felt really provocative, yeah. right, really inflammatory, you could go find them at like most plate like chain places, you yeah. know, they were accessible. Yes. yes. Sometimes in, in slightly cut down versions. Sure. I do feel like you look at home video releases and you're like, oh, there was like a blockbuster version of Old Boy. You know, like that era still where certain chains would demand versions just for them. But they were also like, they just cared so much less about international stuff, which yeah. was like the kind of secret of all of those chains, right? Yeah. Like if it was not rated in the first place, then they're like, not really paying ah. attention. Yeah. Yeah. Old Boy. Our, old Boy. Our guest today, of course, from Vulture. 
from the Prestige episode where the world's greatest bit happened. And eat, drink, man, woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah we did that. I don't think we did any bits in that, though. Um, no. It was pretty straightforward. It was, yeah, really That's did. a great movie. It is. Wait, Love is there movie. another one we're forgetting? Because we did realize, oh, it's been a stupid amount of time since we've had Allison on. Allison Wilmer no, is our guest. No, those are Allison's That's, two episodes. Wow. That's embarrassing. You're back. Embarrassing. Hi, Alan. Here I am. Yes. From um, outer space. From outer space. Nice to see you. Uh, we see each other all the time. All the time. But I don't. Okay, so that's, okay. not, that's not a bad thing. I, I love to see Allison. I, I see Allison sometimes too. Sure. That's true. We did yeah. the film spotting show that's together. True. See, that's it. Our last, I didn't do our that. last hang was like backstage somewhere. Yes. Mm, so at the Bell felt, House yeah. or, or something. And there's yeah. no hang like a backstage. Nothing hang. like that green room at the Bell House. <laughs> yeah. Um, they always have those tortilla chips. Yeah, yes. got some Very hummus. Very nice. Oh, nice. Right. There's Real there's nice. the the vegetable and hummus right. platter <laughs> where the plastic lid almost never gets taken off to the point where almost every time I go there, I'm like, is, is the this the same one? one? <laughs> if I open this, is it plastic? Yeah. Actually? Yeah. How, how long can they stretch that one out before they're like, no, we got to throw this one away? No offense to the lovely Bell House, of course. Oh, we Thank love you them. for putting no. out the hummus. We love that. And of course, I'm sure it's fresh. <laughs> I'll as never. a daisy. As a daisy. <laughs> um, here we are today yep. to discuss Old Boy. Mm -hmm. Certainly, yeah, one of the big boys uh, in this filmography. I think it's the big boy. And a seminal film, and I think, it's also. Let's also just say, it is the old boy of this filmography. Sure, you yeah, mean it's I'm old? not sure. Yeah, what You're saying it's you 20 years here? old. It's yeah. certainly the big boy of this filmography. It also is undeniably the old boy of this his filmography. It's the only movie he made called Old Boy. That's true. That is accurate. You can't push back on that, David. Sorry, what were you going to say? I don't remember. I don't know. It's falling apart already. I have no idea. Right before we started recording, Allison, you asked if any of us knew what the definition of old boy is. Yeah, like the kind of terminology, old boy, is not something that comes up for me very often. I, yes, I have to assume because the, the film is... Uh, so, for one, it's it's based on a manga, uh, a Japanese manga, correct, called Old Boy. Fairly loosely adapted. Yes, we'll yes. talk about yep. that, but, you know, but the same title. Yep. And then uh, the Korean uh, title is also Old Boy. Like, it's in Korean, obviously, but it's sure. not like this movie's called Old Boy in America and it's called, like... The man who had a hammer in Korea yes. or whatever, which sometimes that happens. Yeah. You're just like, oh, yeah. the title just means like completely different. Yes. Um, <laughs> the man who fucked his daughter. Wait, what? They give away the title in the. <laughs> I thought that was a spoiler, God, but I don't know. Yeah, let's offer some spoilers for a 20 plus year old uh, movie. This is very much a family film. Um, oh. <laughs> old it boy. is. It's for the whole family. Old boy and the old boy network is family sort of the likes terminology. Each other. Go on. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh, you know, it refers to if you're, if you, especially if you went to like Eton or whatever, you went to like a very fancy British school. Okay. Uh, and then you graduate, you're called an old boy. Mm. Okay. I guess just meaning like you were once a boy and now you, yeah, you know, when you were at that school, you were a boy and now you are an old boy. boy. Ben pointed out that a lot of British sort of greetings are like, hey there, old chum. Hello, old, old boy. Watch your old chaps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Eh, but I don't know. It's, I, it, in England, you just call it the Old Boy Network, like disdainfully, like you're referring I've to. I've never heard of that podcast. This sort of, they, <laughs> yeah, they got some good ones. They got uh, <laughs> David Cameron and uh, Boris Johnson, yeah. all those guys. Um, no, they disdainfully refer to like the ruling class. You know, the, all these guys who went I've to seen these that like Old Boy schools. Network. I have heard of, right. but the idea of being like you're an I, old boy. I think I would technically ref be referred to as an old boy from us. I think you boy. all, I, they don't use the word alum or whatever. It's so funny to me that I, I never for a second ever thought, what does that title mean? I just sort of was like, what's well, a movie about old boy? Like, I know he his characters. Old, 
boy is not old boy. And I know they never call him that, but I was just like, well, yeah, I don't know. Like Spider-Man, he's he's old boy. It was one of those things where back in the day, I guess we had the internet in 2003. I don't know what your guys' experience were with this, but you know, we had the internet. We did. Yeah. I can't remember that far back. Sorry. And like there was a Cannes Film Festival. Uh Uh-huh. Now, this film had actually, I think, already come out Correct. in Korea, yes. but then it went My to Cannes. awareness of this movie was entirely, for better or worse, based on Ain't It Cool pumping this up for, like, a year. Oh, it was oh, definitely an Ain't It Cool. It was a huge I didn't realize yeah. Ain't It Cool. Hey, you that. know what? Yes. Good for them. Like, yeah. or whatever. You know, like, that was that was what Ain't It Cool did, I guess. Yeah. They, they created those culty, you know, But it was avenues. one where they just sort of, like, everyone put their chips down. We're like, we're telling you this is a major work. So by the time... Obviously, he'd already made, you know, Sympathy for Instagram. Yeah. Like, you know, so he was, yeah, he was he was getting the some time credit at, JSA. The time it plays a con, I was like, I need to fucking see this thing now. Everyone is talking about... I remember just all the online scuttlebutt at Cannes yeah. was, yeah. Tarantino wants to give this, Tarantino is the jury yes. president, wants to give it to old boy. Yeah. Like, it's, it's the perfect Tarantino movie. Yes. It's an Asian film. Like, that's, like, sort of from a pocket of culture that Americans don't know as much about. And it's sure. super extreme and fucked up and crazy. A transgressive postmodern noir. Right. Yeah. And then it went to Fahrenheit 9-11. Maybe the worst can decision ever. Like, maybe the absolute worst decision ever made by a can quite, jury. Quite possibly, yeah. That movie is awful. Yeah. Yes. And obviously is total vapor. Like, yes. it's like, we're yeah. going to yeah, watch We're, we're not talking now? about it now. No. Yeah. It had no impact on anything. No. Did, I know it made like a hundred million dollars. Like it was a big deal. Well, I'm sorry. You say it had no pick impact on anyone. A lot of a lot of shoulders got bruised. <laughs> People fucking patting themselves on the back. <laughs> right. Sitting there buying a ticket. Mmm, yes. Oh, I do God. agree. Like you look at the lineup that year, and mm-hmm. it's kind of a janky lineup. Sure. But, like, 2046 was in competition. Yeah, which I love. Yeah. I know, I think it was in a slightly unfinished version, maybe. There was a whole thing with 2046, but anyway. uh, Fucking, you know, uh, Lucretia Martel's The Holy Girl. That's a great movie. That is a movie I think is a masterpiece. Um, uh, Nobody Knows, the Koreeda movie. That movie's great. Old Boy. Tropical Malady, which I think got uh, maybe the jury prize. Mm. Like, you know, that was the beginning of him uh, getting some attention. Irma P. Hall got a special award that year. Was Lady Killers in competition? It was. That's wild. Lady Lady Killers was in competition and she got a special award. It was sort of the Samuel Jackson were giving a supporting performance. Right. Because they gave actor to the lead of Nobody Knows and they gave actress to Maggie Chung for Clean, which is like huh. not oh, the wow. best yeah. this movie, but like pretty good. And she's amazing in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's so her like last not a- film role? Maggie Chung? Yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time for her. Has she never, ever? It's been a long it's like time. It's yeah. like only cameos after that. You yeah. Know, a couple oh. cameos. Yeah. Weird. So good um, win. So like yeah. not, not, and he fucking gave it a Fucking Michael Moore. Yeah. But anyway, I, so that was when I was like hearing about Old Boy. It was like, this is the movie that's been anointed by Quentin Tarantino. Yes. Now, obviously, that's a little patronizing and ridiculous. But 17-year-old David, that was my awareness. But that, for me, it was like that was being added on to a year of online drumming for this thing. Where then I was just, I, I mean, I think I saw this like opening weekend, if not opening day when it played at the Angelica. Because by the time it came out, I was just like, well, this is like... The, the phantom menace of international cinema. I've been reading like 18 months of breathless hype on this thing. What about you, Allison? What's well, your experience with Old Boy? I cannot remember the first time I saw it. Like, I cannot remember the context. I, this feels also, I can't, I, it feels like a movie that would have been in the New York Asian Film Festival. Uh, you know, Seems like it's absolutely, plausible. like that, mm-hmm. like that festival also had an incredible run in, in like the kind of mid 
aughts where they were just showcasing like all like so many movies from like what we've talked about the kind of part and extreme era um and they were just like an amazing way that those movies got surfaced here but i i cannot remember when i first saw it i just remember being so intrigued by it because of how edgy it was supposed to be in terms of yes. content you know and i just like i'm an easy mark for that if something yeah. is supposed to be just like truly incendiary I'm like, sign me up. I'm going to watch it. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I have an incredibly high tolerance for all of that, but I'm also just very easily intrigued by it. Yeah. And, and this movie has a, I, I don't know. It's not like the, it, the it, it's not like it is alone in this regard. Right. But it has a combination of like, there are scenes in it in which things happen on camera that are so extreme. You won't believe it. And right. also, narratively, where this movie goes is so extreme, you won't believe it. Right. Like, you're going to be equally uh, disturbed by ideas and images, whereas I feel like often in that sort of extreme cinema realm, it's like maybe more one than the other. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think also, you know, this has this, uh, the Old Boy has this incredibly potent combination of gorgeous filmmaking and then someone's tooth getting removed in close up with the back end of a hammer. Yes. And that is something that I don't know. There's something I don't want to say that's my sweet spot because that's so so sociopathic. But I do feel like I love Thumbs up. a gorgeously made movie that is also just like really out there in yeah. terms of where it's willing to go. But yeah, like the thing for me rewatching this um on a sketchy pirated streaming site because it's possible it's not, to stream right now not really? available yes yeah. uh you know we have physical versions that we bought I but thought uh, i had one as well but i couldn't find it did yeah. you watch it on f.movies.com it was something it was one of those ones where it's like <laughs> one two three four movies dot yeah. net dot you know co dot rotten dot dot yeah. kosovo yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know where you're like oh what's this doing to my computer but that having been said, David, we both watched on physical copies. Mm -hmm. You, I believe, bought an out-of-print American set. I did. I bought an out-of-print American steelbook set yes. of the Vengeance trilogy. And I bought the Arrow set of the Vengeance trilogy, which is pretty new, but obviously was not commercially released in the United States. Right. I don't think there's any North American physical release of this movie currently in print. Um, there's one coming soon, though. Well, right. They are re-releasing it this August. Yes. Uh, and Which is so probably why it's not streaming right now. They're and trying to... Right. So it'll probably yeah. uh, have a thing. physical release after that or yes. whatever. Yeah. Um, but it, no, it is annoyingly and confusingly considering its reputation. Uh, I forgot to mention... Mm -hmm. Or to stream. I forgot to mention one other film, of course, that was at the 2004 Cannes Film Festival, Shrek 2. Of course. Well, we all remember. Of course. Shrek 1 was at Cannes. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Sure. Well, Shrek was a big deal. Shrek 2. Was it also in competition? In competition. Wow. Amazing. Really what, what a for time. three. Do you think Katzenberg was just like, it's a done fucking deal? Three, Three's going to win. The third's getting in. <laughs> it's winning. Finally. We're over to We laid the, the runway. Moment. Yeah, exactly. You know, Palm Dora loves giving out that trophy to the third film in a trilogy. Just waiting. Guys, you were. No, you weren't a can. Were you a can? No, you weren't a can. No. I wish I was. Asked two cross. more times. Yeah. Were you a can? No. Shrek the Third wasn't even out of competition. Yeah. Sad. Wow, Shrek the, a shocking rejection. Shrek the Third was banned from France. They revoked its passport. <laughs> um, old boy. Yes. Old boy. I think I saw this in theaters uh, when it finally did make it over, over to me um, because of all the hype. Uh, and I, I think at the time I was like, this movie is crazy. That, that's how I feel about this movie. When yes. I was a teen or yeah, I was like a late teen. 
I was like, well, this movie is crazy and I can take it. And that's like a sign of what a mature sure, sure. film sure. You can handle it. I smoked a blunt and then watched this movie 100%. Right. In high school and right. had my yeah. fucking mind blown. Now, you yeah. did that yesterday. No, I, if I did that I yesterday, I wouldn't be here right now. Sure. I can't do that anymore. <laughs> and I, yeah, I watched it. Uh, and I'd never seen it again. I like rewatched it at some point. And uh, then I was, this is my third viewing of Old Boy, I think. So I, I've talked about this in other episodes leading up to this. I have always struggled with this movie. You didn't really like it. On I release. went into it with all this hype and did not like it. Why didn't you like it? Well, let me unpack it because I, I rewatched it last night for the first time in 20 years, basically. Okay. Uh, and I still really struggle with this movie. Yeah. And it's not a thing where I'm like morally offended by it in any way. It's not like I have objections on that level. Uh, and I think like my tolerance is pretty fucking high for things that happen in movies. Uh, like I, I, you know. I'm the guy who fucking stumped for Star 80. I'm like, mm -hmm. there are a lot of movies that I really love that I, I think are truly like staring into the heart of darkness. Sure. Or depicting like incredibly uncomfortable things, whether thematically or visually or whatever it is. And this is just one of the few movies, and perhaps it does have to do with the fact that it is just empirically well-made. So everything it's doing perhaps hits a little deeper, but I just like really find this movie unpleasant. Ooh, and I, I don't yeah. say it pejoratively, but I also can't say I ever enjoy watching it. I yeah, I think that's, that's very fine. fair. Yeah. yeah. I I and have I slightly love all of his other movies other than the first two. I'm like so on board with Park in general. And this one is like always a, a roadblock. It's very unpleasant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I also I my feelings about, well, my feelings about him in general, I think kind of I I, I like him sometimes a lot and I don't other times, mm -hmm. but this movie, I think, is, like, it's thrillingly made, you know? Like, right. I think there yeah. are, like, just, like, heart, like, pulse-pounding moments in it. Like, genuinely, like, rousing, messed-up moments. And it's, it, I do think it gets at something about, like, throw-your-life-away rage and resentment. And about, it's ultimately about these, like, two incredibly sad dudes. Yes. <laughs> like, destroying themselves. Um, and I also think that, like, a lot of the plot is just so dumb. Like, it's, it's just so dumb. It is a silly <laughs> I, movie. It, that's why, see, that's why I like it. Because it's very, very silly. I also don't say this Somewhat whimsical, yeah, But yeah. it is this weird balance that I sort just, fairy tale. I, I get very icked out watching it. And not just by the obvious icky things. The whole thing just kind of makes my skin crawl. It has a very grotty, to use a British expression, mm. aesthetic, generally. Yes. It is a, it's one of the great wallpaper movies. Mm. Oh, just, God. Some nasty wallpaper. Just tons yes, of wallpaper. Everyone, everyone in this movie is like, you know what I need in my apartment and or secret private prison mold. is just mold, but also incredibly busy wallpaper. Yes. <laughs> um, I watched the the Arrow Vengeance trilogy set has this two hour long documentary called, I believe, Old Days. That's like a 15 plus years later reminiscing on the movie from all the key yep. creative contributors. About old boy specifically. Yes. yes. No, no, no. No, just about old boy. Yeah. Uh, the the DP on this uh, film, remind me his name. Uh, isn't it uh, Chung Chung Hoon, I believe? Chung, I believe that's Chung Hoon Chung, to use the, you know, I believe that's his usual. Uh, yes. Uh, he said he very strategically wanted to make sure that every single shot in this movie had green in it and a good amount of green, and I feel mm. like the most putrid shade of green. Very, like, mossy kind of yes. dank green, mm. yes. And he said it was because green was historically uh, the color that uh, reproduced 
least easily on film. And people uh, would, especially in this era, be like, just stay away from green if you can. Right, right. You don't want too much green. And it's sure. like he went towards the thing that was going to produce an unpleasant result on camera. Yeah. 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 This is a pretty grimy movie. Uh, it's also interesting, you know, in comparison to Decision to Leave, which also has a lot of epic wallpaper, but mm-hmm. it's like gorgeous, dreamy, like yes. you know, symbolic clean and modern. Hand- handmade and, in two, obviously, has beautiful, yeah. yes. you know, painted. Yes, ominous wallpaper type things. Uh, no, but you're, no, yeah, you're right. Decision to Leave in general is very, like, antiseptic. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, tr- yes. Like, intentionally. Right. Like, you know, Handmaid's very sensual. This movie is sweaty and nasty. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, this man has been in a hotel for 15 years and you really feel it. It's it's also like he starts out awful. The movie starts and you're like, I gotta watch this guy for like two hours, and they're like, No, 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 don't worry, he's gonna get a lot worse. He'll get worse, but his he's soul's better. gonna die. Right, right, yeah, he's gonna turn into a weird ghost. He'll sober up a bit. Um, yes. Uh, all right, old boy. Let me give you some context. Please. Actually, all right. So I assume no one has read the manga Old Boy. It's very, very different. Have you read it's, it? It's no. a long I, series. Right? I, I read so uh, three years. You know, one of those like issues. Sparks Notes style uh-huh. summaries of it, just to confirm that a certain major plot point seems mm. to be absent. It's not in it at all. Yes. The, I believe the the whole concept is completely different. Of like why he did this to him. The the thing I heard Park say in in the documentary was. I was much more interested in not why someone imprisoned him for 15 years, but why someone would let him out. Um, right, 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 right. right. Like, and, why? Because imprisoning someone for 15 years is punishment? Sure. Right. That would be a punishment that right. I would not want. But, but why right. would you release him and what are you trying to accomplish? What's and what the are you trying final to chapter of this? Right. And then he, obviously, his whole thing, he loves about how vengeance and violence, all these things curdle and destroy us, these yes. urges and all of that. And I think he just really went like, Incest is pretty much the most shameful thing in society. Just go for the Understandably. hottest button. Yes. That could be the root of everything. Yeah, we'll talk about right, Okay, The impression I get from the original is it's more just like, I don't know. They had this interaction in school that he was embarrassed by, right. that the villain was embarrassed by. Mm-hmm. And so he, even though he, the villain became successful and powerful, he wanted to humiliate this man and it's turn an him Iron into man a bad 3. person. And like... But that's kind of it. So, like the discovery at the a... end is kind of anticlimactic. Yeah. He was like been searching this whole time for like, what did I do to this person to make yeah, them hate like, me so much? And it's like, yeah, like a you, song em- I sang you embarrass school. me when I felt right. emotional or something like that. Yeah, right. Give Which me I huge I, Iron I Man three that. vibes. <laughs> I guess so. Sure. sure. Guy Pierce is you're remembering. Yeah, he the, says yeah. I'll meet you up in the hotel room. Right, he doesn't right. show up, and Guy Pierce is like, I'll spend the next twenty years trying to destroy you. Yeah, glowing up. Um, destroying your life. I like that though. You know, I like a long, camp- like all-consuming campaign of yeah, spite. Yeah. Well, because of course, because like, yes, if someone did that to me and I finally met them, they probably would be like, "Don't you understand?" And I'd be like, "I definitely don't." Like, yeah. this is a one-sided adversarial <laughs> thing. Like, there's no way I feel the way you do about me about you. Um. So there's, you know, this this thing exists. Mm-hmm. Um. And a movie producer, Lim Sung Young, uh, finds the manga, likes. Uh, the idea and also apparently just sort of like is flickering through it and thinks the character looks like Troy Minsik, this this actor, the okay. lead actor. Again, I apologize for, you know, my pronunciation. I'm not sure. Is Troy Minsik is... I mean, I, I don't know. speak Korean, so I, 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 I cannot really help you out, but I'm I wish not, I could. Look, I'm looking for help, but I'm not expecting it. Um. Uh, so for whatever reason, that's the trigger thing. It's just kind of like, I don't know, this guy kind of looks like, you know, this could be something. So sure. he takes it to Park Chan-wook, uh, who is intrigued 
as this he likes it as this sort of like mythological old fairy tale mm-hmm. Pandora's box but modern thing. Um, uh, he likes that it's kind of a fantasy. Um, which it is. It really is kind of like a fairy tale. It feels like it's, it's like an Arthur story. For sure. Right. Like, oh, you know what happened to Sir Blah? Well, right. he got locked in a castle for 15 years oh, because not, he right, pissed right. this guy yeah. off. Not an Arthur the but, You know, like, that's story. the whole thing with King Arthur where they're like, and sure. let me tell you about this knight. And what's up with that? Like, the Green Knight is one of those. Yeah. You know? So it's not about an old, like, drunk guy. Arthur story. It says a lot that Ben went to Dudley Moore Arthur and I went to King Eric King Brown Arthur. Arthur. <laughs> um... He's called Odesu, right? That's his. That's the, uh-huh. the character's name, which um, is a an, a reference to Oedipus. Uh, oh, sure. Sort of again, thinking of this as like, you know, tragic Greek myth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, apparently, because they're casting Choi Min Sik, who I guess is just a very big actor at the time. I think he had had his breakthrough in the '90s and mm-hmm. just become a very big star. They're like, he kind of needs to be, quote unquote, heroic in the movie, even though he is going to be a mess. Interesting. He'll be like fighting. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? He is kind of like He's iconic. Cool. Yeah. yeah. His hair is cool. You need to make yeah. him into a little bit more of an action star, even if it's a weird right. version of an action star. Yeah. Um, and uh, they had to talk him into the hairstyle. It's an iconic hairstyle. Yeah. Which yes. is totally the right choice. Yeah. But I can assume why they were like, look, you'll look like Albert Einstein. Like, it's great. <laughs> you know, that he was like, what are you doing? They show a bunch of the hair and makeup tests. And they also, in in this documentary, and they also, he talks about a present day. And he talks about it as if it was still an act of trauma as he's recounting the moment <laughs> Apparently they, where they was, did the test they, they on him. They basically gave him a big perm, I think. Like, they had right. to, like, wrap his hair in foil for, like, three days to Correct. make him look like he'd, like, been in the microwave. Right. Yeah, also, like, hair the, does not do that normally. This looks it's like a of, rat's nest. Like, yeah. it's all Right, but like, it looks like a drawing also. Like it, it really does look like like uh, something that would be on the page where someone is just like a puffball. There's that that animation principle of like you should design your characters so that they all work in silhouettes. Blacked out, you can always tell just from the shape of their body without the yes, details. Absolutely. Where like every right. Simpsons character works purely in right. silhouette. They, they, a lot of Disney movies function that way. Right. Like yeah. they all have a certain shape. That right. is not no one else yeah. looks like this guy. Yes. Uh, and yeah. the hair helps a lot, but even just the fit of his suit and his yeah. posture and everything. Right. He's like his joints feel like they work weirdly somehow. Yes. There's something has gone on. And the smile, obviously. The, sure. the smile, which is just you, you would not be surprised if the first time he did it, just like blood started seeping in between oh, like from his gums. We'll talk about the final <laughs> shot of the movie, but right, very crucial how he expresses himself yes. uh, facially. <laughs> this, this is an astounding performance. It really oh, is. He's amazing. I, I've only seen him in a few movies. Uh, obviously, he popped up in what, Lucy? Like he, he did yes. eventually do a couple English language right. movies, but yeah. I feel like. He is, you know, largely... He's in Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. One, I'm forgetting... No, but wasn't there one other sort of Hollywood foray? Uh, Not that I can see. I'm going to... But, you know, click around. He's done a lot of theater. Uh Uh-huh. And, like, when you look at his theater career in Korea, it's like Equus, Our Town. Mm. Yes. The Pillow Man. Like, you know, like, he does a lot of, like, Western plays that, like, get bright, you know, which... So I think he's like a very venerated sort of like you know, serious actor. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's just I was just thinking of I saw the devil, which is obviously not a Hollywood film, but uh, was a but, huge which, crossover years. And later. also, it was yeah. like a huge hit, right? Like That's that was thing. like a yes. number one box office hit. Humongous and hit. Such a messed up movie. Yes. I've never seen it. I know it to be nasty. Um, but that was talk about a movie that's like benefiting from. That's the um, Tale of Two Sisters guy, right? Yes. Yeah. 
but it's got that sort of like, well, it's like the old boy guy in another movie that's fucked up. Right. And that like worked. People fucking bought the DVD. Yeah. Um, apparently then, okay, so there's a press conference announcing this film, which I think is commonplace mm-hmm. in the Korean industry. And they're like, so you're doing another movie about vengeance? You just did a movie about vengeance. And Park impulsively is like, maybe I'll do a third movie about mm. vengeance. And hence we have a vengeance trilogy. Cool. But I don't think he was like in his studio being like, I must explore vengeance. You know, <laughs> I'm imagining whatever. him do a Kevin Feige press conference announcing the phases <laughs> right. of the vengeance trilogy <laughs> yeah. in advance. And have we ever wondered about Lady Vengeance? Whoa! Mm. Um, uh, so, okay. Uh, you know, here's some quotes from him. I, the reason I want to show shocking things is that they always pose an ethical question. When we're confronted with extreme situations, we forget about moral issues. We simply act and then must accept the consequences. I want to show the moral issues involved in everyday life by heightening them. Now, Allison, you've interviewed him. I have. And it's just like from all these dossiers we're getting, like he really talks in these like blocks yes. of text that yep. are quite academic or how I don't know how to describe it but like it's there he's not really like a punchy talker like he's very 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 thoughtful and long-winded um so I was supposed to interview him for like a New York magazine rubric that is in conversation right which is a back and forth kind of like Q&A style but like longer piece and you know like two things that really don't make for (laughs) in conversation are one, going through a translator. Mm-hmm. Which, what, yeah, what is his... Does he speak English at all? He can, he can clearly, like, pick up some of it, but, sure, like, but he insisted, he, a he uses a translator. Right, and, yeah. um, you know, in general, I shouldn't... I think, like, I was like, I shouldn't have done this interview. <laughs> like, someone who is an actual Korean speaker sure. should have done this interview. Um, you know, going through a translator is always going to lead to, what, like, a weird rhythm and also just, like, well, losing co- context. Yeah, I was going to say also, I mean, him speaking in large blocks, it's yes. like... The few times I've had to do something through uh, um, a translator, you are like, I'm not going to do one sentence back and forth. Right. You're going to do a big question (laughs) and a big answer. It automatically. But I do also think that he just has this kind of like sturdy intellectual reputation, right? Well, like, so I, the first time I interviewed him like twice or three times, I can't remember, but like the first time it was in person and I... Asked him what I thought was like a softball like question right. to get us. How are you, hey, doing, how you doing today? It was, right. like, it was something like that, and then he <laughs> and then he answered for like ten minutes. <laughs> right. Like he talked, and then the translator translated, and then he talked some more, and the translator translated, and then he talked some more, and the translator translated, and I was like, oh no. Wow. Uh, but you know, yes, he is very, very intellectual about mm-hmm. uh, you know how he talks about his films, and like very considered, but like very very serious, um, which is. Funny, I think sometimes when you look like his movies are like goofier sometimes. They're this fine. movie is pretty goofy. Yeah, I think of him as consistently goofy. Yes. Like pretty much there's pretty much humor in all of his yes. movies. Yes. Strange humor or just yeah, like fanciful twists of sort of I think that is story one of that. the things that put him on the map and then with this movie made him sort of like, Oh, this is a director. I know what I'm getting when I'm going to see a Park Chan Wook film. His name means something is this very bizarre mix of tones he has on yes. top of the sort of thematic concerns and uh, the aesthetic proclivities and, you know, the intensity and all that sort of shit. It is like, how can this guy balance this sort of incredibly goofy comedy with serious action sequences yeah. with like, like over drama? Emotional, yeah, right. stuff, yeah. Right. Um, Allison, I read your most, inter- most recent interview, my brain is not working today, 
uh, the one you did when Decisional Leave was coming yeah, out. Yeah, that was the one where I, I spoke to him three times for that yeah. altogether. And, and yeah. yeah, and I was like, I want to I wanna see what you say. Allison's coming on the show. I should read this interview. And I was like, why is all of this familiar? And I realized basically every single answer he gave, JJ used in the dossier for our first episode. So if you want to invoice JJ... <laughs> You basically wrote that dossier for him. I mean, that's nice to hear because I was worried. It was was hard to get him to talk about things that I feel, you know, he's especially when you're going through someone's like past work, like they just have a bunch of stories that they've already told and they just kind of like fall into that as much, you know, like there's but but I think there are some things, especially with regard to when he said like after this movie, he felt bad about how uh, Mito, the like female character was left like not having um all the information <laughs> about say uh her relationship uh, and not, everything no that just happened uh, just like a little laminated card I, being like by yeah, the way yeah uh um, yeah yeah he fucked your dad no Sorry. but th- that he it's he made yeah. several films after this that were all attempts at correcting exactly yes like, the lack of agency yes. the lack right i mean it's not a surprise he goes straight from this into lady, lady vengeance, vengeance yeah and handmaiden and decisional leave he was saying in in your interview like those were both still him trying to address what he felt were shortcomings in old boy yeah and he yeah. works with uh female screenwriters now like he makes a point of that and yes. I think like his family gets kind of also like gives more feedback and um but yeah certainly in this movie <laughs> it's like very glaring he seems detail. very aware of it I just yes. especially yeah. the handmaiden I feel like he was really oh, yeah. like I have like feel like I'm much more of a feminist than I was 20 years ago yeah. I just I think we'll talk about it when that movie comes around look it's probably it is it's one of the things that uh icks me out about this movie and I'm not saying this in like a morality police a, you know kind of way but it is just like everything in this movie is awful, right? Basically, every character is despicable. Everything everyone's living through is horrendous, right? And I, I you know, I'm usually very tuned into everything is terrible, everyone's the worst uh, movies, because uh, that matches my basic uh, viewpoint on the world. Um, but this character in particular, you're just like, I feel so fucking bad for her. She's kind of the only person who in no way has this coming. Yes. You know? And right. and she just gets so fucked in so many ways while also not really being given any narrative agency or interiority where you're like, yes. this whole movie, she's just hypnotized. Right. And then, like, I mean, you get that one glimpse of her, like, in the past, and she's just crying alone on the subway. Right. <laughs> you're like, man, like, even before, before you had this encounter happy. where, yeah, yeah, like, uh, you were hypnotized into this thing, uh, your life was filled with misery. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's a bit of a bummer. Yeah, Yeah. she gets a raw deal. I mean, everyone does. I I do think this this movie, I do think, is, like, very much about, like, all-encompassing, specifically masculine rage. And the rest of the world just kind of gets swept up by kind of idiocy in the sense. Yeah. Yeah, I just just feel so bad for her at every moment in this film to a point where it does just sort of start to, like, affect my my view. Yeah, you just don't want to watch it. No, I get that. Um, It's sort of the way you now, David, like, talk about when we watch movies where there are, like, small children's or small children, babe. Right, exactly. Right, where you're just like, I just can't even process. I just, this. Well, I just don't like to think about it. It's like I can process it, but I just don't want to think about it. Now, sometimes I'm gonna have to. Yeah, you know, I am. This is my job. I gotta see movies where children are in peril yes. or whatever. But uh, 
Hate it. But I usually uh, like, almost love thinking about horrendous things to the extent where you just say, Griffin, stop maybe, thinking maybe about that. Maybe you don't, though. Maybe you're realizing this about yourself. I don't know. I like That was the thing was watching this when it came out, knowing its legacy was so great, mm. being excited to rewatch it for this. I was like, am I going to just watch this and be like, oh, I was like 14 when I saw this. Whatever. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But it, mean, was, it was interesting. In a way, I do have to absolutely commend this movie for it still affected me as viscerally yeah i mean i you know rewatching this and i hadn't seen it for years yeah. um that it is i think that relationship and the the that is the stuff in the movie that is more upsetting than any of the violence so you totally. know knowing yeah. the twist going in yeah. on a review every scene just becomes worse yes uh you know, the writing process is complicated. There's like three different writers. Park Chan-wook is doing a lot of uh, rewrites. Um, Torben Sick is very involved. They're like running all kinds of stuff by him. Um, he, for example, comes up with the octopus eating scene, mm -hmm. uh, even though he is like a, a Buddhist vegetarian who does not usually eat live octopi. Um, and uh, when you say not usually what? Like once a month? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, I do think... That is, people do eat live octopus. That is a concept in cuisine. Okay, well, they, they, they chop it up for you. The, right. Like they, the they whole day kill thing it. in your mouth. It's like right. still like it's still kind moving, of twisting but like that's around. like kind of like, like yeah, like Part nerve ending stuff <laughs> of it. But like, Ooh. yeah, you're not like, yeah, it's being served like here it is, an octopus. And then like, right. Uh, uh, right. there's like a clip from um, some DVD extra behind the scenes that's on YouTube that you can see. Where he like apologizes to the octopus each that's, time. Well, that's nice. At least, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. They had to do it like, like four times. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, this is good. I mean, delicious, yeah. but complex. I know. I feel bad because um, you know they're they're pretty smart. I mean, not that that has stopped me from eating other animals that are totally smart. smart. Look, yeah. this is a long road we can go down. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you know, ethically compromised. That's me. Um, but. Yeah, you know, I think what makes that scene beyond like shock value yeah. so like seared in my brain is that the like tentacles keep twisting around his That's what face. I was you say. know, they it's like it's like, like that was a scene yeah. where I had been told that was obvious. It was one yeah. of the three things you heard about the movie. Like, right. there's this scene where he fucking smashes everyone with a hammer. Yeah. There's yeah. a scene where he does and he eats an octopus whole. And I just remember being like. I don't know what you're talking right. about. Like, <laughs> I, I cannot, cannot conceive like of What does that mean? Like, and so what I imagined was horrible. Yeah. And then the movie it is at the rare time where it's actually kind of more disturbing than yeah. what you could imagine. Yes. But it's um, also, like, of the moments of, like, just really this, like, nihilistic jolts. Like, you know, I'd say that, like, the scene where he's walking away and the guy falls on the car behind him and yes. he, like, grins, has that same energy. Yes. The octopus. There are a few moments, like, where you're just... That you really, I feel like that is what the film offer, wants to offer more than anything is this like, like, look at how fucked up this is, but also, um, isn't it thrilling? Like, there you've was, never seen this before. There was an anecdote, maybe it was from the producer, the DP, saying they when they shot that day where he does the smile after the guy falls on the car, that might have been the first day of the movie, or if not, was very early on in the shoot. And he said, like, I want you to give me a, a smile where I can't tell if you're about to laugh or cry. And he did that and, like, Park, like, rubbed his hands together and he's like, we have a movie. Yes, With right, sort right, of, like, right. that's the tone I'm trying to achieve. We've got it in that shot. Now I know what to pursue. Um, but, yes, no, the octopus thing is uh, wild. 
biggest problem Park has with the screenplay mm-hmm. is the ending, which I think is probably initially hewing more to the original. Okay. Um, didn't like the ending, had to think of a new ending. And as you say, he basically is just kind of like, well, incest is the worst thing imaginable. <laughs> Most shameful. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, uh, it's, uh, it, that's, I think that really, he says he came up with it while he was going to the bathroom. Uh, I don't know what that means, but he basically like came out of the bathroom at some restaurant and like said to his producer, like, I've got a great idea. You right. know, like, here's what we're going to do. He thinks it's quote unquote a happy ending, but he sort of means that I think in a tragic, horrifying way. Yeah. Uh, he did ban his daughter, his his oft mentioned daughter, yeah, from seeing the film. Uh, he de- he deemed it too awkward for her to see it. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, he talks all the time, Allison, in these dossiers about like like the movies he makes, where he's like, "I made it for my daughter," and you're like, "You did?" <laughs> like yeah. Stoker is one where he's like, <laughs> right. and I wanted to make a movie about a nineteen year old cyborg girl. too. <laughs> these are like, episodes, what? yeah, coming up. Yeah, we'll talk about it. But later. but this is the one where you're just very relieved to hear he did not make it for his daughter. Right, right. That he in fact said, "My daughter is banned from seeing this movie." Um, but, uh, yeah, so, um, old boy, uh, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about a businessman who is arrested for public drunkenness. He's well, being you, a bit of a rascal. You open with the rooftop scene where he's holding the guy by the time. He's holding a guy by the time being like, you want to hear my life like story, bro? Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, who the fuck is this guy? And then it cuts to him as a, as a drunken businessman. Right. Where he looks so radically different, yep. not just in obviously how he's styled, but also just like, oh, this guy has life in his eyes. Yeah, but he was also like, he's he gained lost weight, right, yeah, for this role, he and he clearly is like bigger in that, Absolutely. like deliberately. Yeah, yes. his face is different. Uh huh. Very, very different. Where the first time I saw this, I thought we were cutting to a different person. Right. I remember it taking me a little while to realize once he gets into imprisonment. Oh, it's the same guy from the opening, and then they bring us back around. But yes. Uh, he's drunk. It's his daughter's birthday. He's fucking up. He's not getting home in time. Uh, his best friend is trying to, uh, help him out. Uh, right. He's at the police station, right? With this, uh, drunken, disorderly. Uh, yeah. He's yes. picked up for public drunkenness. He misses right. his daughter's birthday. Um. Kind he, of very depressing payphone phone call apologizing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. He's got the angel wings, like, as a present, right? Yes. Yes. Uh... And uh, he is gets picked up by his friend, and I guess he's going to go home. And then he gets, yeah, you know, ki- kidnapped and put into a weird hotel room with a pet door. But you just and immediately don't really like this guy. You're like, this guy's no, annoying. No, he's, a, he's he's like, like falling all over the floor. He's like such a buffoon. And yeah, he's so like self amused. Like this is the guy where if he gets on your subway car, you move to a different subway car. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also the scene where he disappears it's like this kind of it's like a crane shot right mm-hmm. like it's like there's something which is like so like part time work. yeah where he <laughs> has this kind of like moments of like these kind of classical like you know uh, just like in terms of how he 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 frames things and like moves the camera I, in the middle of this movie that also then <laughs> wait is it in this or because we're doing all these movies I don't know like there's one shot where like the camera goes between two people and around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I don't know how you did that. It doesn't look handheld. Like, I just am watching it being like, what is this? Yeah. What did you do? There's not enough space for you to like lay a track, but I don't, yeah. anyway. Yeah. So cool. Every movie of his has some shot like that where you're just like, I don't understand this. 
I do think there's something visually full of them. I know right. it has a lot of visual effects and stuff. But you we, know. we talked a lot about in the first episode how he grew up at a time where there wasn't that much of a South Korean cinema, and he is mostly seeing films from other countries. He's not going to the theater much. He's seeing whatever's on TV, and it's a lot of classic Hollywood, and it's a, a lot of uh, new wave French films. And I'm sure they were subtitled, you know, but he's young. It makes sense cinematically in terms of how his sense of language develops visually, right? That this is a guy who's probably getting a lot more from the cinematic technique as a child than understanding the nuances of plot points, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like he's sitting there watching grown-up movies with his parents on TV and he's really going like, why is the camera doing that? Right. You yeah. know, right. why, Which, why, what is getting taken with the images of stars' faces? I don't think and, I thought about that until I was older, like a teenager or something. Right. You know, like I, when I'm a kid, I don't think I was like, what's the camera doing? Yeah. Like mm. I was just I trying know. to yeah. follow narrative. Right. But it's yeah, I think you can see it all over his work where he just yeah. like absorbed so much of this. Yes. And then this really, in a way that I think it's not deployed in the same way that if you had just gone to a film school, you know, yeah. in, that like that you would kind of have learned maybe a more narrow path towards that. You know, he kind of deploys them really in ways that are very unexpected. I just think there's something to this generation that he's part of, of South Korean directors who didn't really have a local national cinema culture to grow up around and everything they were digesting was imported from other countries, right? They're not seeing cinema reflect their daily existence, their culture, and it's not in their language. It all feels a little foreign and alien to them. And so they're processing it in kind of maybe a little bit of a backwards way where the technique is coming through first and foremost. The, you know, film stars Troy Minsik. Mm -hmm. The um, villain is played by this actor, uh, Yuji Tae. Another incredible performance. An amazing yes. performance. However, that man is also significantly younger yes. than Troy Minsik, and it's not hidden in the movie. Right. No. It makes no sense that they would be classmates. No. Yeah. To the point that, like, you're almost like, what's the further tryst here? And it's like, right. no, 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 they just were classmates, don't think about it. Right, I think he, they're, the closest they come to addressing is being like, well, he was, like, uh, two years below him. I'm like, uh -huh. this guy was 15 <laughs> two years Two dog below. years below <laughs> yeah. him? Right. Um, and he wanted, uh, Park wanted to cast this actor, Han Suk Kyu, who mm -hmm. is the co-star of Choi Min Sik in this film, Number Three, and another film called Shiri, both of which were like smash hits. Yeah, okay. Shiri so, was like a blockbuster video standard also. Probably just trying to be like, hey man, let's get the gang together here. Yeah. Uh, but Choi Min Sik is like, no, cast this younger guy. Uh, I really like his vibe and he is amazing in the movie. And I think they're, the overall think, thinking on the age thing was like, who cares? Like, yeah. this movie is so chaotic. Let's just embrace it. Sure. And be unconventional. Like everything else about the movie is so unconventional. Yeah. Well, he also like has such this like rarefied wealthy person life that you can just kind of accept that like, oh, like life is just hard, less hard on you. He's <laughs> like bathing you are, in blood. Exactly. Yeah, bathing right. in blood, you know, the way that rich people we all know. Yeah. Too. Um, I also we I, were talking about this off mic. We were talking by about the way. this, <laughs> so it's really weird that you refer no, to that. What do you mean? We all knew this. We all knew this. We were all normal. Normal. Yes. And to be clear, we were talking about it off mic because we all do it. Of course. We That's why we look so beautiful with we our bouncing skin. Incredible. And, um, yeah, just yeah. glowing. Anyway, I was going to say, there was that one shot where he is like doing that like yoga move where he like yes. lifts his like legs up right. and he has headphones on and is crying and you just see his like miserable face as he like impossibly lifts like half his body off the in the air. And it is just such an indelible image. Like that is actually... 
alongside the octopus. Like one of the scenes I remember the most. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And yeah. his, his like hair helmet. He has like the firmest raised slick back hair. Super gelled. Yeah. Like you feel like you could snap it off. Yeah. They said that the, the, whatever the gel, whatever the product they used was so strong that to get it out, they would like end up removing clumps of hair. That by the end of it, he was like patchy and it took a while to grow back in. Um, I think there's something to the fact in terms of their age gap, and I don't think this was intentional at all, but it's part of why I maybe like uh, accept it in some sort of a static truth kind of way where it's like, well, our lead character has been in imprisonment for 15 years and it's been a rough 15 years. Yeah, yeah. that's where he fair. Aged yes. Harder He's than got most. The city miles. Yes. And it's sort of like this guy is the exact same age he was when he imprisoned the other guy, right? Mm, yeah. It's no. like one of them has sort of stayed exactly the same and the other one has aged twice as fast. All right, so right, the plot of the movie, right? He's in the hotel room. Um he's being fed dumplings every day by a pet door. Mm-hmm. They gas him. They gas him. Here's the thing with the gas. Mm. No good. It's it's definitely not good, but as someone who has trouble sleeping, oh, you kind of like the idea. <laughs> oh, yeah. of like, I'm a, I was it's a little, 11 p.m. I'm going to my room. <laughs> I was a little bit like, what if there was a fucking switch yeah. in my room where sure. I could gas my ass? Well, the opposite of an like air purifier, a big yeah, boxing right. glove that just like, and then you're like. But the thing is, well, I do gas, like that too. Yeah, David. I do the like that too. So peaceful, like they. Yeah. He's often in bed already, and they're just like ah. Like, yes, I understand, but it's one of those things that's on the bleeding edge of being like, What if I just died? (laughs) I mean, look, you raised some interesting points. There's something, let's wait, let's explore that. Uh, no, I wouldn't be surprised if I heard like that's another thing, uh, crazy rich people do is like bathe in blood, use Ozempic, gas themselves to sleep, (laughs) right? So you get a solid 10. That's basically what Michael Jackson was doing, right? He had to be like, Yeah, well, dated, yeah, Um, are you guys on gas TikTok? And I always, I always, just prolific. has total gas face. It's right one of my now. favorite concepts noticed. in Inception uh-huh. is the people who are like, yeah, we've done Inception too long to actually be able to go to sleep, so we have to be put to sleep by the machine now. I think about yeah. that scene all the time. Just the all the fact people that that like lying just out fucking there. drops that in for one scene so and it cool. doesn't factor back into the plot. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so he goes crazy. He starts imagining ants crawling over himself. Mm-hmm. He uh, tries to kill himself. He starts stitching lines into his hand Eventually, for right, every year. Right. Sort of sort of manually tattoos himself. He has the line I butchered, which would it have been easier if going in I knew it was going to be 15 years, which is right off the bat, you see him imprisoned. You don't know how long it's going to be. He says that line before we're basically seeing the time lapse of all his time. So you're just like... 15 years, holy fucking shit. And it is a good question. Is it easier to survive if you think every day I might get out tomorrow? Or if you know it's going to be 15 years, I just got to ride this out. Um, He's trying to dig a tunnel, Mm -hmm. but he is on like... A high floor. Yes. Like he yeah. does eventually it's also like punch a hole in the wall. an incredibly long time. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. No. And also, like, he's being watched, which I feel like he yeah. sort of knows. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He, uh, uh, he gets TV. He does get TV. So he watches. I do love that montage of like all the historical events that happen, mm-hmm. some of which I'm like, well, sure, 9 11, Princess Diana dying, and others sure. are like, presidents being elected and like the you know reopening of hong kong and things like that you know oh let's that are more specific the other thing he gets from the tv is that he has been framed for his wife's murder yes yes he gets that right away right right um uh, and then one day he uh gets out uh he wakes up in a suitcase he he wakes up in the middle of the night to a woman hypnotizing well first there's that sure yes yes right uh and then the next thing he knows he's in a suitcase in the middle which was the central 
marketing image of Spike Lee's remake of this Which film. Which is fascinating. Was the suitcase. Yes. Not a bad image, to be clear. No, it's, it's kind a of great. I mean, like, it's, yeah. it's, and especially it's like shot from above, right. and you don't, and then you understand that you're not in a field, you're on a rooftop in a, you know. Has, now, I, have I've you never seen that. No, no I've I haven't seen that. Have you seen it? Oh, no. I, I, uh, well, do you know what? Actually, I think I may have, but I have retained nothing. Like, I, it's gone. Like, it's gone from my head. I know it has this reputation of, like, there's actually a, a decent cut of it that never they went out. They it 105 minutes. Right, Roland said Spike Lee's cut was a 140 and right, was good. Right. Um, I have no... Who knows? Yeah. But uh, a truly, like, forgotten thing... Colossal is that pop. that happened. Yes. Made zero money. It was released yeah. by like Film District, right? Starring Thanos and Scarlet Witch, right? <laughs> True, and like as far as I know, that movie is basically identical plot wise. Like it has the incest twist. Yes, though I think at the end they he don't checks, end up together. No, I think right. he like checks himself back into the the prison. Right, that's right. maybe like, the no. one difference. He's like paying for it. He has yeah. none, right. nonetheless in that movie had sex with his daughter. Yes, like yeah. that oh, is yeah, yeah. certainly yes. in the film. No, the wild thing is because when this came out. By the time it finally came out in the United States, I remember already being announced, obviously, with all of its hype, with Khan and everything, Justin Lin is going to remake this with Nicolas Cage. Right. I went into it thinking, how will Nicolas Cage do this movie? I remember the whole I do time remember watching the Cage it. Thing, yeah. And then you get to the end and you go, well, they're never going to let this happen in an American film, right? Yeah. And then a couple years after that, Spielberg and Will Smith are going to make it. Yes, I remember the Will Smith yeah. thing. And that's yeah. a public announcement. And then it came out like we're actually doing a different adaptation of the comic. We're not looking to remake Park Chan-wook's film. We will be changing the plot, right? And then it kind of came out that they had gotten the rights from the Korean company that had made the Park Chan-wook film, but that those rights didn't uh, enabled them to be able to sell the underlying comic rights. Right. So they were like, the only thing you could do is remake the film literally. At which moment, Spielberg and Smith tap out and right. suddenly it's Spike Lee yes. and yeah. Josh Brolin is his 10th choice. And it's like one of the only films that is a Spike Lee film, not a Spike Lee joint mm, because he... Kind of, was, it's he like his unhappy. version of taking the name the off the movie. The closest he comes. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, but it's wild that, yeah, then they just had Spike Lee remake it pretty straightforwardly with all the fucked up shit. Right. right. It's yeah. in New Orleans, right? Yes. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I think and it is a basic retelling. Yes. But yeah. whatever. But Just my main thing, when I watch this version, I go, God, Charlotte Copley would really lend. <laughs> That's true. That's actually the worst curse. It was made yeah. during the brief, like, Charlotte Copley should yeah, be in everything. They put him in everything. Yeah. yeah. And he does the same thing in everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crazy. Hello, listen to me. Old boy. Okay, so he yep. gets out, and uh, yes, who is this man on the roof? That's he's the one going to commit suicide, right? He's, yeah, kill he's just him. a it's, guy it's who happened to be there. Just yeah. happened just to be there. A, a depressed man. Yeah. He thinks he thinks his life's bad. Right. Right. Wait till he talks to this guy. I hate uh, that he has his dog. I know. I was upset yeah. about that too. I hate yeah. That. That's just the like, thing that that's upsetting for me. Did not do anything to deserve this. Maybe the dog wrote a suicide note as well. That maybe the dog was like, "Hey, please, can you? I can't get to the top of a building by myself." We hate this joke. Go on, David. No, Griffin. <laughs> we hate the whole Here's room. The thing, the whole room Here's the thing, Griffin. Absolute disaster. Show is canceled. <laughs> Look, obviously, I don't love animal cruelty in films, but like, I don't either. No, no, no. But I'm saying, but I, I, it does not bother me. I'm not a pet owner, sure. And I do feel like I'm like, well, yeah, I, I, it bounces off me a little better for for what. And I know there's some people who are like, 
you have to tell me. Like, hey, yes. did you see that movie? Did you, you have to tell me what happens to the dog? You know, like, because yeah. they know, like, I won't be able to hack it. Sam like, Rogel, one of my best friends, past and future guests, loves the John Wick franchise more than anything. Every time a new one comes out, he does an all-day marathon, which now takes a while. He skips yeah. the dog killing. And he's just like, when the first one came out, I was not a dog owner. Since then, I am. It's my closest relationship with my wife. In my life more than my wife. Right. And he's like, I now just start John Wick, you know, 20 minutes in. Sure. Or I skip that one sure, scene. Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, Forky has seen John Wick three or four times, and she definitely has never watched that scene. She just leaves yeah. the room. Anyway, uh, right. So he recounts things to the, the rooftop man, goes downstairs. I bet you're wondering how I ended up here. And right. Yeah. The and then the rooftop story. man does kill himself. Yeah. And he's kind of like... Well, they also have that funny bit where the rooftop man's like, now let me tell you my story. And he's just like, nope. Like, and he's yeah, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know true. what you thought this was, but this is not what we're doing. No. Yeah. Uh, and then pretty much right away, he ends up in the Chinese, uh, the, the sushi restaurant. Yes. Not yes. Chinese restaurant. Sushi restaurant. Yeah. He, yeah. Wait, the Chinese restaurant is later. Well, that's yeah. how the he figures out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The sushi restaurant. Well, because he's been hypnotized, right? right. He's like, they're like... He has, been, as we now, as we later know, yes, he's been yes, essentially yes. Uh, subliminally told I, to go I have restaurant. forgotten, not having seen this film in almost two decades, that she was hypnotized as well. Right. And I was oh, just yeah. like, this is really a big ass that she falls for him this oh, yeah. no, Because he's not appealing. Yes. No, he's, in fact, <laughs> aggressively unappealing. unappealing. And, and she, also treats her terribly. Horrible. Not very yeah. nice. Yes. And right. eats a giant octopus. Have to imagine yeah. he smells terrible. Like, everything about this guy. Well, they, you know, they gave him a new suit and everything. Thing. You know so you know he might actually smell okay. Fresh linen. Yeah. Um. But but yes. No. She's just immediately yeah, like touching like, him. Oh man, that guy who just came in here. Yeah. And you know, octopus. That's right. what I want. And then like slammed his head against the counter after taking a phone call. Right. Yeah. Let me bring him back to my place. Yes. Brings him back to her place, and she wins him over. But again, all of this is pre-programmed in a way, so. It's almost silly to talk but about. But also, like, right. like, he tries to assault her, right? Like, immediately. Like, while she's on the toilet. Yes. He just walks yes. into the bathroom and tries to start making stuff happen. Yeah. Right. And and all of, nothing dissuades her. Like, nothing. Uh, well, her response to that is, we don't know each other's names yet. Yes. Obviously, I want to have sex with you because right. I invite you back to my place. Let's just do this in the right order. Right. Whereas I would be like, get out of my place, but I'm not hypnotized. Hypnotized. I'm not a hypnotized. Um... And I feel like, yeah, fairly quickly, they start to zero in on like, okay, well, who is delivering the dumplings? Right. That's how we'll figure out, you know. Um, this actress who plays... Mido. Mido. Uh, when she was auditioning... Kang Hae-jung. Yes. She she had to audition with the sushi restaurant scene, and she came in with a giant uh, sushi knife and did her audition with the knife. And then, like, right. obviously, no other prize. She's not, like, chopping up food, but she was just, like, acting with a knife in her hand. Sure, she had a prop. Yeah. And they were like, you brought the knife all the way from home for the audition? And she was like, no, I realized on the walk over here I should probably have a knife, so I, I just kind of jumped into a restaurant and asked if I could borrow one. And they were like, what do you... They don't, like, you borrow... Knives at I, I personally have never asked to borrow a knife at a restaurant. I've never been like, can I take the check? And also, can you lend me a knife? Well, so especially she, those are probably really expensive thank knives. You. Yeah, yeah, they're fancy. So she was like... Keep them sharp. I was just like, they have a ton well, of them. She's, they very, she's very charming. Right. Her mind was, they have so many of them. They'll be fine letting me take one for 45 minutes. And they were so astounded they said that, that then Park John Wook went over to the restaurant and said, like, can you just verify this story <laughs> this for real, me? Right. And I think, like, the fact that that was so compellingly weird was basically the reason they cast her. Uh, yes. Uh, he's He was also apparently, um, yeah, no. Basically, like, 
she's so like without shame and mm-hmm. without you know uh, um, you know guile. I guess like yes. some to do something like that is so crazy. Yeah. My brother once when he was young got hired. I probably shouldn't tell the story. Mm-hmm. But, uh, got hired for a job. Okay. And then like a few weeks later. One of the one of the um, people at the job was like, "It's so crazy! You got this job after the almonds." And my brother was like, "What do you mean?" And they were like, "In the middle of the interview, you just opened a pack of almonds and started eating them without addressing the situation, like without being like, hey, by the way, I'm really hungry, or I have to eat almonds to live.' Or uh-huh. <laughs> just do Joey, Joey, really just like casually. <laughs> I think that's a power move. Exactly. Yeah. I think he and the guy was like, and we just had no idea what." why you did that and yeah. we did discuss it and, we, and I do think I just, it no, secretly it's, worked to his advantage. It's incredibly powerful. Absolutely. Right? It's, like this, it's just insane confidence. Yeah. And my brother's 100% was just like, oh, I was just hungry and I had almonds in my pocket. Like, I think that's he wasn't <laughs> yeah. thinking about it. You were, At least you they were in a package. That. Yeah, he didn't just pull out some loose oh, almonds. Yeah, that right. would be too far. It would just be, they'd that be would like, be oh, gross. this is a lot, right. man. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, so they figure out uh, the Chinese restaurant uh, that is making his prison food uh, and so through right. that, Once they get to the up, prison. He's like, I want answers. I'm on the case now. Right. Want to find out what happened to my daughter. Want to find out who imprisoned me. She's read his journals too. And she's kind of gotten invested through reading his life story and really wanting to to help. To be fair, a pretty nuts story. Yeah, it's yes. an interesting yeah, story. Yeah. 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 Um, she, uh, she's also like got the weird chat room thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a kind of very underdeveloped uh, yeah. little thread in there where she's, she's kind been of in there chatting with someone online who turns out to be very important to the mm. story. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's one other thing about this. I don't remember. Um, but basically, yes, you know, with her with her gumption and his hammer skills, they can do anything. They're an undefeatable team. Right. Pretty <laughs> quickly, she finds what, what she thinks is information about his daughter. Right. Saying, that's the thing. They dismissed the daughter thing pretty quickly. She was like, adopted by a right. couple in Switzerland or right. so Sweden. That's yeah. it. Right. You know, that's you won't it, yeah. find her, but she's fine. Right. Yeah. They kind of just they swipe a piece that away. paper with an international number and like a, a Swedenized name and everything. And he's just like, you know what? I don't need to fucking interrupt her life. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So they go to the prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is just and it's one a good those... thing by the way they push the daughter out of the plot because then we just never have never to think about that ever again and it's just ah, it's just taken care of go to the prison uh, one of those classic hotel prisons the guy's yeah. like I fucking yeah. run like 20 of these rooms yeah. easy I, I dumplings really, I just have so many gas. questions <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I have all the permits just like, I just, if we could have just like hovered there for like a, a half an hour in the middle where he just explains the business model and the workings it, it would have been it is a yes. thing yes. I would love a spinoff workplace sitcom about this. About, yeah. Well, especially yeah. because he mentions, he's like, you know, some people, they do the business with like people who need bodyguards, but like, we don't do that. Like, you know, our our niche in the private hotel prison business, which be is like a thriving re- industry, Really? Apparently. Some people do that? Yeah. How do you find, like where this guy is like, I need to punish this man. Can you call... Can you find anyone who, you know, like runs in between like, floors on a building? Right. And runs just, like a yeah, sort of yeah. seventh and a half floor right. Right. kind yeah. of vibe. Well, he also, like, he, uh, there's one part where he's on the phone to a client and he says, like, you know, well, if it's a stay for longer than six months, transport is free, which presumes that they're comparing prices and deals. Absolutely. Also. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's a competitive business. 15 years, you're going to rack up quite a bill. Yeah. Do you think they make him put down a card for incidentals? Definitely. Yes. And then, you know, they email him every year. Your card's yeah. expiring. Yeah. yeah. Great. I um, think it's, do we think it's a real thing that exists in the world? Ben. 
Well, there's another movie about a hammer what? man. I that do. Has sort of that, I think rich that people thing. do shit. You know, like you're this. never really here. Oh yes. Also has like the creepy person. Obviously, that's yeah. sort of sex, sex trafficking it's, it's, kind of it's thing. It's the know. Bordello version of right, that. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I don't know. In terms of just like a revenge prison, where you're yeah. like, I don't know. But you know what, David? <laughs> that's a great counter. Like that's a deeply disturbing movie that I'm obsessed with and watch yeah, compulsively. I mean, I think that movie is very good. Yeah. I don't think you should be watching it compulsively. I study it like the blade. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but, but I think that's one uh, of that my favorite movies of the last to, 10 years. You know, a very sort of nasty con idea of what life is like right now. Right. But that also, like, that is another movie where the main character is kind of cast as, like, a creature almost. Like, there's something very, like, animal. You know, like, uh, Troy Minsink, this his character in this movie describes himself as a monster constantly. Yes. And there is something of the monster to him. Absolutely. That's and I think in that movie, too, he's like a beast. I wasn't thinking of the comparison. I, and perhaps this is something I need to litigate with my therapist tomorrow. But I don't know why I'm, like, so all in on that. A movie I've, like, recommended to certain people. And they're yeah. just like, that's just too much for me. It, and it is, that movie is much. Absolutely. It's very much. Right. And then, and like, it features a hammer. Uh, yeah. 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 A lot that's of what hammer. I'm saying. Another yeah, hammer man. An unkempt yeah. hammer man. But that movie is, like, it's just like all of the kind of brutality is so concentrated. And this movie, it's so like lurid and kind of yeah. gothic. You know, yeah. there's something like it kind of revels in it in a different way. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah. yeah. Like it really kind of licks its lips over some of this stuff. Yeah. Whereas you were never really here is pretty mopey. Yeah. 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 Oh, right. So, yeah, he interrogates the hotel guy. Right. Yes. Uh, in this scene, he uses his hammer mm -hmm. to you get pull that. his teeth out. Yeah. You first you get that great moment where he like turns around and there's the hammer and he gets the dotted line like oh. directly. Oh. <laughs> so that's that's the guy's bodyguard or whatever, right? Like we don't even see him hit yeah, him with the hammer. He's just like right. working in the hallway. That yeah. is so good. Yeah. And yeah. so like fucking French New Wave or whatever. Right. So yeah, like yeah. delightfully out of... That's yeah. a moment where Tarantino must have like oh, jumped yeah, out exactly. of the chair. Just like, number that's like one. The square. But then yeah. number two, I feel like is Tarantino is probably like, fuck, this guy actually puts the hammer in the tooth in a close-up. Yeah. yeah. Like I couldn't do that in like Reservoir Dogs or whatever. Tarantino always does that thing of like the best movies made since I started making movies. He always has this qualified list of like, well, from the moment I become a filmmaker, I view films differently, right? And I feel like this is one of very few films he cites that was made since he became a director that he is jealous of. Mm. Where he's like, Battle Royale, Matrix, this. Like, these are the movies where I was like, I don't know how the fuck these guys did this. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, that yeah. dotted line moment makes me think of Looney Tunes. Where yeah, I wanted it to be like Hammer is Coyote. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like two Don't smash freeze. ups yeah, exactly. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a crazy yeah. thing in, in, the, in the documentary, just a tiny little thing, uh, they were talking to the actor, the, the hotelier, uh, about that scene. Uh, and he said, like, it wasn't painful at all. It's just a sponge they painted silver and cut into the shape of the back of a hammer. Mm. And then they cut in the shot again. Mm. And it's crazy where if you're looking at it and you know to look for that, you're like, yeah, that no way looks real. Right. But right. in the moment, within context, you get so caught up on it. And it's such a tight close-up. It's not like they're cutting away from it quickly. Mm -hmm. His, like, tongue is, like, there it's kind so of flapping nasty. in the it's shot. It's so fucking yeah. nasty. Yeah. yeah. And it's rigged with blood spurting out and all of this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> tooth stuff, I feel like Don't the only like thing that's worth stuff. is, like, eye stuff. Eye, eye stuff, stuff is really biggest. nasty. Yeah. Eye stuff is the worst for me. I have come to feel better about eye stuff because I'm just, like, for some reason, I've seen enough of it that I'm like, this is fake. 
Mm. Mm. Because there's just always that moment where you're like, well, now it's fake. You know, there's a bunch uh, of goo getting like, squirted out like, or whatever. I don't, also, like, I don't love it, to no. be clear. I, I love having eyes, too. I love having mm. eyes. And also, one time, you know, I yeah. got LASIK, like, a few years ago. And LASIK is, like, the most body horror that scares shit imaginable. Yeah, out yeah of no, me really, like, it's, like, 20 minutes of just, like, full-on Cronenberg, like, yeah. awfulness. And then, um, yeah, so it really just emphasized for me how bad eyes is. Don't want it. <laughs> Um, absolutely. But yet, no, pulling teeth out, I don't know. I don't, don't like that at Finger all. Fingernails get me. Fingernails get yeah, me. Yeah, it's yeah, rare yeah. to see some fingernail stuff. When you do, it's usually oh, really, really so horrible. What's the movie? There's some big film where they do fingernail torture that I feel like I watched recently. Yeah, I feel like I saw something recently too, but I can't remember what it was. Oh, a Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, right after this pretty much is, uh, he tells him he was put in prison for talking too much. I feel like that's the yes. big revelation, really. Mm -hmm. But after this is the hammer fight. The two most famous things about this movie, apart from the twist, are in the first sort of like 40 minutes of the movie, I yes. feel like. The octopus and the hammer fight. It, it is a fascinating uh, thing where, like, this, this is a movie where, in theory, recommending it to people should be difficult because you don't want to spoil any of it, right? But then there are these, like, couple of extreme things that happen early on that no way have to do with any of the twists or turns that you can just pitch to people. Yeah. This guy fucking fights a bunch of people with a hammer, and he eats an octopus live, and they're like, and what's it about? And it's like, I can't tell you anything. <laughs> I mean, the thing I love about the hallway fight scene, beyond just that it is one it's take, very, and very it's well just done. like, it's, right. it's just, it's so awkward, mm -hmm. you yeah. know? It's, it's just, there is this people who have vague ideas about how fighting works and maybe some experience, but like still are not, you know, like John Wick, you right. know, it is martial not arts like masters. We programmed into a computer the puzzle of like a man moving through 12 people yeah. right. with such balletic grace or whatever. No, it's just like a bunch of people charging yeah. and just like lurching at each other. I, I mean, <laughs> and then being he, out of breath. Yeah, they're chubby, tired. sweaty they get, guys. You like know? some of the guys are obviously more scared than others halfway yeah. through and they're just like reluctant to try it. And then I had forgotten that he gets like stabbed halfway through and they're all like leaning around being like, is he dead? And then he like lurches back right, up and, and they're like, ah, the yeah. Back. Uh, trance, which we talked about in the podcast. Oh, has that fingernail has fingernail shit. stuff? Mm. Yeah, that's what I, I knew so. there was something we talked about recently that's that a, fingernail that's a, shit. You know, that's a wild movie. Uh, but, well, no, I think it's pretty normal. Mm. Um, well, it's it, about normal things. Yes. Right. Th that is the single biggest influence of this movie. I think even though you're saying it's very different than John Wick, I'm like, I do think there is a long tail effect of this sort of like you want to just watch a person move through a space, mm -hmm. right? And and even just the lack of cleanness of the choreography of yeah. just like this is more behavioral, right? And and there are actual kind of character beats within it. I still feel like this is kind of what people are striving for all the time. Yeah, and a bunch of people have tried to rip it off or yeah. pay homage to it yeah. over over the years, but to the extent that like the hallway fight has become its own thing. Yeah. Right, very much. Like, right. put a lot of people in an enclosed space, and then you have, like, atomic blondes, like, we did that on a staircase or whatever. Right. You know, like, yeah. we're going to find different versions of an enclosed space. The for... Marvel Netflix shows would each have one per season that was basically the yeah. big moment. Yes. The Dare Daredevil. Daredevil had the most, right. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I'm sure Iron Fist had one, because I watched all of that one. Yeah. The elevator opens up and his smile. Yeah. <laughs> and then to, to that, cut to then the I elevator think that opening is very again. clever yeah. to not yeah. give us another yeah. action sequence. To be like, you get it. The the arrow box that I got is the elevator. 
Uh, uh, that's cool. And it's nice. like the box is split vertically down the middle, and you open it up, and then it's just him. It's pretty. It's pretty good packaging design. Um, something else I appreciate, you know, we talked about he does look cool. He gets to do cool action stuff. He, he gets to cool. beat up some dudes in the beginning, you know, mm -hmm. randomly just to try out. But I, I like that even though it is established that he has been like shadow boxing and punching a wall for, I don't know what, 10 of those 15 years or something, like some long time, that really his like superpower is just like this intense determination yes. and not caring about anything else. You know, like that is the thing that actually gets him through this is just a full willingness to dive into a group of, of like 10 dudes and be like, let's just get through this. He needs yeah. to know why and he needs mm -hmm. to have his revenge. How is it then revealed that who his captor is? Uh, you know, as uh, how do we then? Because well, he comes in pretty soon after that. He reveals himself to him. Is right. it after yeah. that fight yes. scene where he helps yeah. him get the yeah, cab he and then he's got the right. bucket hat on right. and he, he puts thinks him it's in a cab. just a friendly pedestrian. Right. Yeah. right. And he's basically like, look, if you can figure out why I did this, yeah. I will kill myself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> if that's, not, I will kill Mido. I yeah. Kill also, like friend. that first scene where like he picks him up on the sidewalk and puts him in the cab, he does his own smile, like yes. his own like sinister smile. And it's just like framed like very deliberately that you don't see the top of his face first. Yeah. So this is a real battling of like broken smiles. He is very frightening. Yeah. It is my but favorite. But also very handsome. <laughs> yes. Very, very attractive. <laughs> it's my favorite narrative conceit of this movie is just like you assume it's going to be a film where he's spending two hours to get to the answers. Uh, and instead, like halfway through, the guy is like, it's me. It's me. Right, and I right. want you to know it's me. And now I'm testing you. I'm right. not hiding from you. And the film can cut away to him. You know, we're not keeping him narratively in the shadows. I've set up this game. Yeah. But now, even outside of the controlled prison environment, right. it, you're still within these this system I've developed. Every and time designed. you cut to like his henchmen briefing him on the updates and whatever, and you're just like, "What is it this guy's trying to make happen? To what end?" Yeah, yeah. His weird penthouse apartment that's also just filled with hench people all the time. I mean, I'm there's nice. the blonde henchman who's kind of the number one henchman. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. He's a good henchman. Like he's like a, a peroxide blonde henchman. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's always good to have one of those guys where you're you like, gotta have the, your your guy who's like incredible at fighting, right? Who's like, like yeah. in a tracksuit or so. He's got kind of like a thing. Yeah, kind of yeah. like uh, that guy's gonna die last. <laughs> yeah, like if yeah. I'm doing action, right? He's got that great final moment where he just starts weeping. Yeah, he's yeah. he's honestly uh, really really good. I yeah. don't uh, know the actor, but um, Kim Byung Ok. Mm. Yes, uh, at this point is when he has sex with uh, Mido, right? Yeah, no, I'd say About the sex scene is uncomfortable uh, the first time. It's very uncomfortable even before she you know She is in physical discomfort and keeps on communicating yes. that she is actively uncomfortable but wants to do it for him. And also even before they have sex, when she is like, you know, we will have sex eventually. I will give you, a, I will sing the song so you know that I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. But also it may still fight you you've just right. got to keep pushing through which is an incredibly disturbing thing it is and to to say as a preface yeah. all this is because she's like hypnotized right like is that the implication yes. of all of that it's very strange mm -hmm. um the now of course it's also intentionally disturbing i feel like because it's going to be played at him later I right mean, like if it was sure. it was a very like conventional sex scene it would not like 
it needs to hit in this insane way at the end of the yeah, movie. Insane way is the point. I mean, you could right. just have it be a romantic sex scene in which they're saying I love you and if you replay that, that still is It would be up. really weird, but I think it's just it's all part of the like complete right. kind of like alien quality the of fact this. The, yeah. When it's played back, it's her saying like I'm in immense pain. Yeah. Yes. Is that yeah. much worse? Yeah, and then like kind of wailing. Right, but yeah. I'm doing it for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he still looks like a complete freak, to be clear. He looks uh, horrible. Um, <laughs> I don't mean to shame. Yeah, right. <laughs> but he looks very bad. I appreciate that even, I'm forgetting the name of the villain, uh, even he is disturbed at this point, yes. kind of, you know, going uh, up to Wu this where he's, yeah, where he's yeah. like, you know, do you think they're in love already? Like, really? Like, was that just like all right. it took? Uh is, is kind of putting right. them together. You, yeah. you find out later, like, they could hypnotize him to the point of getting them to meet each other. Right, he was hoping they could orchestrate the events to make him fall in love. And you sort of get the sense that he's like, that's like four months ahead of schedule. Um, that's right. like it kind of fucked really up fast. it happened this fast. He's not aware of his powers. Yes. So then, right, he's eventually going to figure out what it is. Now, does he recognize this guy right away? No, he doesn't no, recognize he doesn't. him at all. No. Right. I mean, he didn't know this guy really. Right. He, you know? he, that's the thing. Right. right. He 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 just saw him one time and yes. said something, and that's that's all it is. Yeah. Right. By the way, he I set mean, this chain of events in motion that he has no concept of. You said you said the thing about our villain threatening to kill himself or saying he promising he will he will kill, kill himself. Him. if you figure right. out the mystery, I will kill myself. But the part of this is that he had a heart surgery and he has a pacemaker, and he asked them to install the pacemaker with a kill switch. And a remote control so he can at any time, if he wants to, push the button and just fucking detonate his life immediately. But that's all like a red herring, right? right? Yeah, Correct. it's made up. It is, it is made but up, the thing right? Is, on because the scale he pushes of, the button at the end of the movie before just, the guy is shot Right, himself. and it triggers right. and it the, uh, the tape recorder. The tape recorder. Yes. Right. I mean, the thing is, though, that seems totally reasonable compared in, in the scale of like all of oh, the other things that happen in this movie. Fine. You're like, of course yeah. the doctor Kill would switch. do that for him. Yeah, yeah. why wouldn't he want that? Put it in. I'm what, 38? You know, fine. So uh, I think also another important point that I, it never quite like come like cemented for me until I saw this most recent time is that uh, like uh, he doesn't know that he's witnessing incest. He just thinks he's seeing when you see the flashback. He's 100%. like, he sees he's this just girl like those he two knows. He sees right. this girl he knows and she's hooking up with a guy. And like, that is the rumor. Like, it's not like the rumor was ever like this brother and sister. Were, no, like, yeah, involved. he is yeah. not aware of the the accusation he's making, essentially. Right. By he, saying has seen, that he has casually. seen something like much more ruinous, but actually the all it takes to kind of destroy this girl is a rumor that she was hooking up with someone. Right. Suppose she, was pregnant. She, she got a phantom pregnancy yes. or what a hysterical pregnancy and Thus, they thought, you know, it was a incestuous pregnancy and she mm -hmm. killed herself. And that's why he's doing all of this. And that's uh, what's going on. Yes. Oh, boy. Right. 2003. And, and so as punishment, he uh -huh. has tricked him into fucking his daughter. That's right. Yep. Uh, he is. And so it's like this movie builds to a final half hour. Mm -hmm. That's all basically in this like spa apartment. Right. Well, yeah. she's being that's held villain's lair. by yes. one of the henchmen at his or her grimy place. No, she's back at the hotel room. Where yeah, is she? No, he yes, takes, right? Yeah. So uh, like uh, Desu takes her to the prison, the hotel prison, yeah. because he thinks that now the prison, the hotel guy is on his side, like the sure. enemy of my enemy. So he's like, this will be a safe place. Right. His hand. His oh, hand right. Uh, there's the, yes. right. There's yeah. that whole sequence yeah. also where the hotel guy's about to kill him. Right. And mm -hmm. then gets paid a giant suitcase of money to not yes. do it. And yeah. then later, 
they get his hand delivered with right. the ring on it. Right. Yes. Um, so and, and she says something to him when he's now got the fake hand that his hand rotted and they threw right, it they, out. But they gave oh, him the ring. They're like, God. we took the ring off. Here you so go. So sick. Yeah. But so that's why he's like, this will be a good place to keep keep her. Yes. She'll be safe here. Yeah. And just good memories. Good time. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> she'll she'll just like being yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. That's but, what my pandemic apartment felt like. Uh. I had, same, I had the same. I had the same thought. Yeah. It's hard not to, you know, yeah. think Just about like being sitting locked there, inside. getting delivery, and watching TV. And that was, yeah. you know, obviously our experiences during the pandemic were exactly like Daisu's experience yeah. as an old boy. The last half, I just feel like you're watching this movie, and you're like, there will be some kind of epic combat or something. Mm-hmm. And instead, this movie just completely subverts expectations every time. Of like, you're not going to know the twist, and then he's like. Oh, wait, I think I figured out the twist. Yeah. Oh, you reminded me. Yeah, I knew this guy. Or I saw this guy. And like then and then so you're like, oh, okay, so we figured out the mystery here. I guess mm-hmm. now there's just gonna be a final showdown. And so he shows up at this guy's insane loft with with water. Sure. I just think it's a cool set. You know, yeah. with, with I, the no, uh, I do too. The, it doesn't look very homey, no, really, but the, you know, the, the, the like yeah. egg the the shell, you know, the things that open and close were filled with clothes, you know. The, oh like, yeah, I he has an incredible s- wardrobe. Yes. Also right. his shower is kind of in the middle of the yeah. place too. I, I like he's the always, vibe. Yeah. He's right. like, what do you mean? Why you, does you're the like, shower you're like, need to be in a special room? Right. He's like, you're like loft living is a way to go. A tight tush and then he's got a tattoo of a knife. Pointing down to his crack. Yeah, he does. yeah. yeah. He does. No, it's a tramp stamp, basically. Um, yeah. yeah, but as you said, uh, uh, his his closet is like four pillars. It's like Darth Vader's on platforms antechamber yeah. thing, or right. whatever. He steps yes. in the middle of it. It splits apart. It kind of unfolds it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's basically like, "Yeah, you figured it out, but what you haven't figured out, obviously, is that I brainwashed you into, you know, having right. sex with your Gives daughter." Him a purple box inside is a photo album. It starts with pictures of him and his kid and his wife, and then her getting a little bit older and you just immediately are like Jesus fucking Christ you know it and and I think he does a really good job of playing that he knows it right like the terror with each page he flips as you start to see her look more and more like the woman he met until you get to the photos of them together and then here's the thing this performance which is astounding is a really wonderful performance uh, it it reminds me a lot of uh, we talked about uh, William Peterson in Manhunter where, like, this is a guy who's just gone. Right. From the moment the movie starts, before things even, like... Right, he's already completely ruined. He's just yeah. dead, right? He's right. dead inside. It's a thing I think Jeremy Strong is incredibly good at doing. Succession just ended, so it's top of mind. Sure. But there's so many of those scenes where you're just, like, he is a man just dreamed of life. He is right. so traumatized by what He's really good happened. at the, right, the kind of, like, vacant... Right. You know, yeah. So most of this performance in Old Boy from the time he gets out of imprisonment... I think he has that really yeah. well uh, down with spurts of mania on top of it, right? And then this reveal happens and you're like, oh, I thought he was doing poorly before. The degree to which he just completely like collapses behind the eyes after this, you know? Well, and especially because right before, there's this moment where you're like, you don't need to go to the apartment. Like, you could just go, you know? Right. Like, you you guys could just go off like you're... You don't need to finish the story. He's put it together. Um, He's got his answers. Yeah, and he is like more alive. I think his hair may even be brushed. Yes, <laughs> like, right, uh, right. And, you know, and you're like, oh, you are starting to become a person, like aside from just a revenge monster. Yes. Yeah, and then in contrast, then when he just like shatters. Right. 
Right. And it's just everything. It's like it's the like the seven stages of grief all in fast motion. Right. It's it's bargaining. It's right. anger. There's only five stages of grief. He yeah, added a couple two. in there. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He you know, really the, takes us on a journey. Yeah, the, Cutting uh, your tongue, tongue out is the right. Yeah. 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 I mean, he really goes there. Yeah. First, he's like, hey, I'm sorry. And, you know, the villain's sort of like, well, kind of was hoping for more than that. Yeah. And then he's like, I'll be your dog. I'll like, you know, I'll slobber all over you. I'll do whatever you want. And the guy, you know, he's like, hey, getting there. Right. You know, prefer that. He's like, fine, I'll cut my tongue out. Because he gets a phone call from her and she's like, hey, they handed me this box. Should I open it? Yeah. Which is, that's, like, another layer down of, like, oh, now he just seems, another part of him just died inside the prospect of her finding, her finding out. out. Yes. What does he need to do to prevent her from opening the box? Um, so he uh, cuts Don't out his own the box. I mean, Stop that's it. what I, I did think of that. Like, it's got the same kind of vibe of just, like, you really don't want to look in there, but... Yeah. You're probably going to. I do think I like Brad Pitt and I like the film Seven. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think of that moment in Seven as kind of like you're like Pitt had a ceiling to his skill. Yeah, in the 90s. Yes. it's it's a like, what's in the box? You know, like where it's sort of on the edge of parody. What oh, he's yeah. doing, it's yeah. very watchable. It is. It's yes. very watchable, yes, and the moment is so gripping. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this guy really sells me on like yeah i believe it this the guy's like i gotta lose the like time. he has never right. been so afraid also yeah. in his life Which, right. you know honestly hard to think of a worse situation to be sure. placed in in that moment yeah that's What's the going to tragedy head. part of it too right. where it's just like i've imagined a scenario so complex and fucked up yes you can't believe it right the whole story is just about this scenario yes stuff will happen but it's really that i thought of something so crazy right and the movie will end there the story ends there yeah, as, and if, of course, as opposed to eye stuff, which Oedipus, you know, yes. went he for does, eyes. He does yes. not uh, want he to. He goes yes. for not tooth stuff, but the mouth teeth, stuff. The yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a real mouth stuff mm-hmm. movie. Um, Oedipus, he's crazy. That guy. He's like, oh no, married my mom, killed my dad. Eyes gotta go. Bad luck. Um, I learned about Oedipus too young. Yeah. Someone told me like the plot of Oedipus when I was a kid, and I was like, "What? Yeah, what the fuck? Takes his that? eyes out? Yeah." Um, that really distressed me as a kid, and this movie distressed me as a grown man, which is what I am. Uh, and uh, yeah, then fucking you well, know, Wujin this- kills himself. He he plays the as we said, pacemaker yeah. doesn't work. Just turns on the plays the tape, makes him listen the to- tape, and uh, Wujin then reflects on his uh, sister's suicide in a very extended and kind of distressing flashback of him like holding her. Right, because there's the jump. thing he remembers about like wait, someone she died falling off a bridge by accident. Right, who took the photo? Right, and then you see the flashback of him desperately trying to keep her from falling over. Um. And then he chews himself. Well, yes. So he, he's he got his tongue taken out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which he's he's doing as an act of, uh, I don't know, sacrifice? Penance, whatever. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But then it does have this odd effect of just like, well, now I have an insurance policy. I, I know for a fact I will never tell her that I'm her dad. Yes. Right. It's impossible. It can't be done. You cut to him in the middle of like a snowy forest. Mm-hmm. He's with the hypnotist lady. Yep. And he's like, just like, hypnotize me again. And you almost think, oh, is he trying to forget that any of this ever happened? Uh, he still wants to know her. At the end of the movie is the two of them together. Yeah. Him smiling. He can't speak. What that do we last think? That scene is so weird, it's very too. Weird. It's they're surrounded by mountains. Yes. I think they shot that in New Zealand. 
weird. So they had to like travel somewhere they to have did. snow and mountains. So it just it really looks so removed from yeah. all it's the a, other contexts. Yeah. Right. It is very dreamlike. It, yes. it, um, yeah. Well, and just the the comp the complexity of him smiling and then like he sort of goes into this grimace right at the mm -hmm. end, and you're like, How much does he remember? Like, you know, what what is his state? Did this, this work? Point? Yeah. I just love that grimace. Is his intent I want to forget all of this so I can date her again without feeling conflicted? Or is it I want to be clean of all of this? I think date is definitely not the word. Mm -hmm. No matter what's gonna be happening, I, I wouldn't call it dating. They're okay. not gonna like go to the go to the movies a couple yeah. times. But I, it's very it's definitely implied they are going to continue <laughs> yes. to have a romantic yeah, relationship. I think so. I think that's be, my take. They will yes. be bonded. They're going yes. steady. Yeah, he get, he does give her his pin at he the does. end of the movie. Right. He carries her books. I mean, he's an old boy, so he's got pins. That's yeah. true. Mm -hmm. She's his best it. gal. Man. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, it's been for my school. Funny story about my school. There's this one guy who you know what? I, I, I totally forgot about this. Somehow this memory is getting unclosed. Oh, no! I mean, I do love, as much as there's just so much weirdness and like surrounding this, the idea of being like, um, he makes that list of enemies, you know, yeah. early on where he's like, and he, a lot, he comes up with a whole bunch of people of like all of the people I've wronged. Right. But the idea. And he's clearly a piece of shit. He's yeah, clearly, he's clearly like, right, wronged as a lot of people who wouldn't yeah. like him. Yeah. Right. But I, I do appreciate the idea of just being like, you just really messed some, up someone's life without knowing in that like just tiny way uh, yeah. you didn't know. And that like. That person just hates you so the much. The flashback to how offhand the comment was. Yeah. Right. Where his friend's like, that girl, are you sure? And he's like, I don't know. Like, yeah, he right. He does shrugs He's not like, no, bro. It was definitely that girl. Yeah. Right. He is very much like, yeah, I saw them kissing or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's nothing in it where you'd be like, someone would really need to atone for that. Like, I forgot to mention yeah. in the in the flashback of them uh, fooling around that she takes out her hand mirror. And she watches, like, basically, she wants to see her own facial expression right. reacting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on with her. We yeah. only see her very briefly, but um, yeah. we learned she was both very devout and also, um, yeah, had some, some stuff going had on some personally. some stuff going on. Yeah. Her yep. scenes are powerful. Yes. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, I feel like it's just one of these movies that's, like, sending the audience out in silence, yeah. in, like, stunned silence. Yeah. Um, that's the vibe I kind of remember. It's yeah, audacious. Uh, it's very audacious. And the most audacious thing to do after that twist is to sort of present what is, quote unquote, a happy ending for the characters. Right. Like they figured it out. At they least. get to not be haunted by the terrible thing they're going to continue doing. Yeah, of course. And and she never gets roped in to even have a choice in nope. the matter. Nope. No, she's she is just, lacking um, in agency. Yeah. I mean, everyone in this movie, I guess, is, is lacking. hypnotized and so. lacking in yeah, agency. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the villain is, you know, just lost in this thing that he will never get over. He does right? have a lot of agency. He's rich yeah. and he yeah. does stuff. He's but, able to make a yeah. lot of shit happen. But he's but his, literally obsessed with one right. moment. Yeah. Yeah, his right. life, like, his life know. basically was ended right. in high school. Yeah. 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 Um, no. And that's why he kills himself, I assume. He's just yeah. kind of like, Dumb. I, I did it. There for me? Right. Okay, so here's my question. Does this movie actually say something that you feel is profound about vengeance? I, for hmm. me, no. And I think this is maybe why I, I'm, I'm more icked out than sort of affected by it. Whereas I, I do think, like, not to just go back to it, but, like, You Were Never Really Here is a movie that I do think gets at something profound in the human condition about uh, the worst things in the world, right? Mm, yeah. And, and trauma and the reason why we deny horrible things happening because it actually takes more to engage 
with the worst aspects of humanity to just ignore them. It eats at your soul, right? Uh, I don't I don't know what this movie is ultimately saying outside of like, it's a son of a bitch. It'll get you in the end. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, it's just got a lot of interesting ideas about like, can you, so what he did was wrong. He, um, he slept with his sister. He yeah. essentially sort of molests his sister, right. the, the villain. No. Something uh, uh, generally so frowned she, upon. She is Ujin. the older one, they make a point of saying, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So um, it's unclear what, right. there what is, the origins of There that is that a strange dynamic to yeah. them in general, but he did this, and it's like, you know, the, the, there's this like crazy sort of literary, like highfalutin, very Greek tragedy-esque mm-hmm. concept of like, can I force my, you know, my sin onto others? Sure. Like, is that the like craziest, most pure vengeance imaginable? Um, where it's like he kind of is purging himself of what he did by making someone else do it. It's a very mm-hmm. interesting concept. Sure. Uh, it's very interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, I do struggle with old boy getting past just like the absolute mania of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I would say the same. I think also we never get the sense that he feels bad about, you know, in fact, he makes a point of saying that he doesn't like they they you know that aside from repentant about what he did right Uh, like uh, i I think uh yeah he is kind of like we loved each other like the problem was society you know like that like it was but he does know that making someone else do it will not make them happy right (laughs) right so uh, no and also he will not be able to live with himself immediately right yes but Uh, he just i mean he clearly has nothing that's it he says like the only thing he was living for is this guy he kept you know in a filing cabinet for 15 years he is uh, rich and successful. Right, right. It does feel yes. like, I mean, none of this is like colored in, but I, I, my takeaway is he became a billionaire out of spite just to have the resources to fuck with this guy. Right? Yeah, I mean, they, 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 it's mentioned that they come from money in the beginning, but it's sure. You yeah. see yeah, him they went even, to a nice school. Yeah, like, but you see him even. There's like a part where they're walking into his penthouse apartment and the guy who's with him is talking to him about some business matter. Yes. And you're like, oh, you're still doing business stuff. And it's then meanwhile, when you're embarking on the end again game here of yeah. your, you know, decade and a half revenge plot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have also trouble. I mean, I think there is something emotionally in this that feels very resonant to me of just kind of like that, that incoherent and also like ill-advised rage, right? all-consuming kind of blustering rage. Like, this thing that kind of drives these characters despite any rational, like, right. any rationality. Is it rationality. worth it to do right. the most fantastical form of revenge sure. imaginable? Right, right. right. You know. uh, at the but, like, yeah, I, I, this is, it's so outrageous that I yeah. have a lot of trouble connecting to it emotionally in, in any sense, in any deeper sense. I just... It, how do you yeah. feel about Greek tragedy? Like, how do you feel about, like, Medea or... You're like one of those masks yeah. that's kind of frowning. Yeah, not the silent one. Yeah, I don't know, like, how do I feel? Like, I feel okay about it. No, but that's not, like, whenever I, whenever I watch I, I give tragedy, it a 7 out of 10. Yeah, yeah, B+. Plus. Yeah. Uh, no, like, whenever I watch, you know, like, a restaging of Medea or Oedipus sure. or yeah. Like, I, I also have that, like, where I'm walking out where I'm like, oh, it's interesting how they staged that. Or what, a, sure. what an interesting sure. performance that person yeah. gave. But I'm not walking out being like, Man, Medea really, you know, obviously you can think, I've, I've studied those a little bit academically. You can think about sure. all of that and all the archetypes that like linger throughout literature and all that. Right. But I'm not walking out exactly being like, I really identified with Oedipus right. uh, when he was fated to this doom. Well, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I think there are things where you're like this kind of 
apocalyptic grief of like killing your children, you know, in rage. And then also at the same time, like, you know, like howling your grief about losing them. Like yes. there's, there's something there it that is, as, as, as like extreme as that so is. so primal. Right. Yes. As extreme as that is, feels still more like understandable to me than saying like, like, oh, a guy no. hypnotized yeah, me to fuck my like, daughter. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, I was no. in a hotel. I married my mother and I killed my father. Out go the eyeballs. Like, I just like, it's just not. It's there's so, something there that is right. just not. Yeah. Th this is clicking something for me, though. Uh, is it eye stuff related? No. Well, it's like. This is clicking stuff for me. <laughs> <laughs> just go Sam Neill. Yeah. I, I don't think this movie really has anything to say about, like, uh, revenge and the human condition in, like, our real world. I do think this may maybe this movie is more in conversation with the way revenge is presented dramatically. Sure. Mm. You know, I think if anything, this movie isn't commenting on something in us. It is commenting on the way like the revenge matic which is like such a fucking sturdy subgenre. Right. The, sure. the grandiosity of it. Right. Yes. It's the easiest way to fucking set up a movie is this person did this thing to this other person. The rest of the movie, they got to cut through what whoever it was yeah, yeah. so bad that you totally get why right. you know, and also they deserve to do whatever they want right. in this they are totally justified right and yeah. we like as audiences will accept some pretty perverse things on screen right if they kill John Wick's dog a clearly reprehensible act then we will watch him murder one million people and continue to root for him right 100% and this movie is sort of cranking all of those elements up to the extreme where it's like the cause of the need for revenge the form the revenge takes what he does to get through to the worst guy, everyone in this, you're just like, none of this is, like, fun, right? Even though this movie does have some genuinely, like, thrilling sequences, he's kind of, like, perverting the revenge thriller to, to speak to, like, you know, if, if the stripped-down version of this were happening in real life, you would find it upsetting. But if you put it on screen, it seems fun. So the only way to make it upsetting on screen is to make it the most upsetting series of things that have ever happened, period. To think, show you this yeah. is all bad. I think that's a really smart read. And I think, like, especially the way the movie, I would say the first, like, half of the movie is pretty fun to watch yeah. if, like, oh, yeah. you know. And then the second half is, like, not fun to watch and increasingly un unfun. But, yeah, yeah, the way especially, like, one, the motivation is so unsatisfying when you actually learn, right. like, what happened. But also that then the deflation at the end of, like, any anything resembling satisfaction. There's no coming back from yeah. this. Because even like the the revenge thrillers that are a little bit morally conflicted, it feels like the way it's morally conflicted is the end of the movie, the guy finishes his task and he sits down in a chair and then he's like, what next? Right, or it's, like, what did I do? Right. right. Who knows, what, can I go back? all worth right. Can I go, right. well, I mean, yeah. even the stuff that's talked about in this movie where he's like, can I go back to a normal life after right. this? And, it, and then by the end of this, you're like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that you right. should. But this is <laughs> like, fundamentally, there's no way to go back. And he instead is like, I'd rather forget what I know to go back. Yeah. In a way that's really unfair to her, right? I might have just talked myself into liking this movie 20% more no, than I, I previously did. I think that's a great did. read. I it, think that's like a really smart yeah, way to engage with I, it. Yes. And I, I also, the thing about engaging or like liking this movie is I really do respect it as a totemic thing. Absolutely. As like sort of just like a uh, a signpost on the road of cinema. Yes. That actually did really change things. Uh, I know that was not the intention. It's like Park Chan-wook was like, all right, I'm going to freak these Americans out. But you that's know. always the case with these movies. The movies that are huge sea changes in any industry, in any culture, in any genre, whatever, are never coming in with the like, we're going to blow it all no, up. No, it, often it's more like, can I get away with this? Like, right. You know, can I, I was just trying to do my little weird thing in the corner. Um, This film... 
was, i just give you a little more context before we play the Maximus game, a slightly troubled production. It was budgeted at $2.8 million. It ended up costing five. Uh, so I think it was like really over budget, over schedule. It's like supposed to you be know. like 40 some odd days and it went up to 70 something. Right. Yeah. The um, producer in, in the documentary yeah, said 48 like, days to 72. Right. Yes. He's like, uh, I in my mind, the main two jobs of the producer to keep the movie on schedule and on budget. So in that sense, I absolutely failed as producer of Old Boy. Right. I think his producer too, Lim Jung Hyung, was sort of mm -hmm. the enforcer and the yeller and all that. I don't know. It yeah. seems like it was a very dramatic set. They did say. There's a lot of fighting. There was some like round table with a bunch of the crew members talking about the park and they were like, he's not like a yeller. He's a very intense person. Sure. And you are on set all the time kind of terrified of him and like desperate to earn his approval. But he's like never wielding his anger or his judgment around. And then one of the guys goes like, yeah, the worst moment, the moment you're trying to avoid above all else is him just sighing. Right. If you do something or present an element to him That's or he calls cut and he just goes, right. everyone's like, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. They're like, uh, he never chews you out. But yeah, that right, but that deep. that's enough. That's right. enough too. And obviously, he seems to just command a lot of respect, so I people so. want to make him happy. Mm -hmm. uh, the big oneer was initially not going to be a oneer. They switched to a oneer out of laziness. Mm -hmm. They were like, "Can we just do this in one shot rather than having to set up a bunch of shots?" Smart. Love that. Love that. Um, and uh, he says, "Park says like the fatigue we felt making this movie. I feel like is everywhere on screen. Like everyone does feel exhausted." I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, uh, it's his. First collaboration with Chung Chun Hoon, Chung Chung Hoon, who is uh, his cinematographer uh, going forward. Um, and uh, what else? Uh, they have a very, very close relationship. I mean, and now he's a like Hollywood guy who shot like Uncharted. That's insane. Wow. It is really weird. <laughs> um, the Green Thing, you mentioned that. Uh, and uh, then this film was a huge hit. Mm -hmm. uh, Sympathy for Vengeance had done badly. Uh, Old Boy was a big success. Uh, and then, of course, goes to Cannes after experiencing success in Korea, wins the Grand Prix, lots of rumors that it was the choice for the Palm. Yes. Um, and uh, he had submitted Mr. Vengeance to Cannes and gotten rejected. So it was like a real, like, turnaround okay. for him, I think, in terms of, like, you know, whatever. Is the American theatrical release that fall? No, it's in 2005. Wow. Things really yeah. were slow back then. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, Tartan, of course... Riding high off of certain other, you know, Asian releases like Audition or whatever, the Asia Extreme label. Uh, they put it out in Britain and then it makes it to America in 2005. But like, okay, it was not a big hit in America at all. It made like a million dollars and like a very divided review. That was probably seen as a success in that moment. What's, yeah. uh, what's the most we can get out of a movie like this? Yeah. Um, but it gets a lot of reviews in America that I feel like he often gets. Which is basically like, this is too visceral or too stylish. Uh-huh. Right? Don't you feel like that's often what critics, you know, contemporary yeah, no, critics would are, react to right. with him? Well, he was easy. also, he was like, also Mr. Violence, right? Like, yeah. that was, for a long time, like, he was, the there was a stereotype of, like, that's, like, what his thing was. Mm -hmm. Which is never, I think, how he would describe himself. Right. Um, but, like, Manola tore this movie to shreds, uh, saying, like, too snazzy, you know, essentially... Um, but, uh, you know, it did, I think, I, I really do think it's, it's tale was very, very long. Like, oh yeah. 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 Well, especially yeah. that the home video, the DVD market, okay, it was like, this was like, 
classic of that. Right. This is a movie that really benefited from like peak DVD. I think that exact like bell curve of like 2004 to 2007 is when suddenly like DVDs were omnipresent. Prices got a lot cheaper. People started having like much bigger collections, like more casual film fans weren't owning their three favorite movies. They were owning like 30 movies they like. Right. Because things were suddenly like $8 at Best Buy. And yeah, this is a movie that just exploded there. Right. Um. So let's do the box office game for okay. March 25th, 2005. It's wild. That Old it's boy opening at number 48. Basically a full <laughs> year after Khan. Um, yeah, exactly. So and I was, yeah, I was so fucking hyped up for this because I was like, why aren't they letting me see this goddamn movie? Well, so wait, you didn't want to see a, a hilarious family romantic comedy about uh, a young man meeting uh, his fiance's family? March 2005. Well, I did see this also that same weekend. Guess who? Guess who? Mm -hmm. New in theaters this week. Number yeah. one, $20 yeah. million. Dollars. Yeah. Uh, not good. Bernie and Ashton. Yes. The dynamic duo. It's a shame they never got to retain. <laughs> uh, have you seen Guess Who? I have not. The, uh, you know, uh, sure. racially swapped yeah. guess who's coming to dinner with more gags and more Ashton Kutcher. Far more gags. And I mean, like, I think of Ashton Kutcher as a Sidney Poitier-esque figure. Absolutely. Right? Like, and his nobility, his grace, role. his gentle touch. I also saw Guess Who in theaters. I do yeah. not remember it very well, but I don't remember liking it. I remember being a bad. I, I saw, I think I saw every I was Bernie Mac I was very pro Bernie vehicle. Mac. Me too. I loved Bernie Mac. One of the I loved funniest the Bernie people Mac to ever show. live. And an underrated actor. And he never really got the vehicle he deserved. No, he certainly got vehicles. And he, he like worked and he had movies. Yeah, like Mr. 3000. Mr. 3000. Right. Even like Head of State where he's like a pretty strong second, like lead. second lead. Yeah. yeah. Love Bernie Mac. Uh, guess who? Directed by Kevin Rodney Sullivan. Mm. Don't really. No. Screenwriter. Yeah, not okay. Right about. All right. Number two. Uh. Somewhat underperforming. A sequel to a major comedy hit. Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed? No. Underperforming sequel Female to a star. major comedy hit. Female star. Uh, Miss Congeniality 2 Armed and Dangerous? Armed and Fabulous. Sorry. Uh, I feel like that. this is the moment where Sandra Bullock's career seems to be in the toilet. Yep. Uh, this is also the year that she is in Crash. Uh-huh. And when she was in Crash, it kind of felt like, huh, like... She has to do something like this, you know, right. like kind of so racist. She falls down a flight of stairs. She is so racist that she falls down a flight of stairs. Uh, is and the then, Lake House the same year? The Lake House is fucking IMDb 06. with its fucking like putting the producer credits first. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, is 06. Okay. So next Premonition. year, Premonition is 07. And yeah, then in 09, a bad run. in 09, she made a certain proposal. I know. And she won and us all back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about Miss Congeniality? One or two. You know, I don't think I ever saw two. One is, feel, one's pretty good. One is pretty good. One yeah, like solid. I feel pretty positive yeah. towards one. You know, she's always been good at kind of physical comedy. Yeah. The whole thing with Sandy Bullock to me is when I was a teen, I did not appreciate her. Same. I thought of her as kind of like a B-list star, yeah. B-tier star, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you rewatch most of those movies now and you were like, this is very, very solid. Agreed. Like, you know, yeah. two weeks notice or whatever. You're just like, this is good. There's this that thing great. after The Heat was such a big hit and they were like, well, obviously sequel. And Sandra Bullock is like, I am so burned by right. Speed 2 and Miss Congeniality 2. I will never do a sequel again under any circumstances. Good for her. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Go for it, Sandy. And also, good call. We didn't need The Heat 2. Like, no, easy. Heat's fun, been an but like, easy paycheck. And sure. she was just like, I'm not fucking doing that again. 
Uh, all right. Speaking of sequels, number three, the mm -hmm. box office dropping from number one the week before. Scooby-Doo two monsters only. No, it's a horror <laughs> sequel. It's a horror sequel. And weirdly, it's directed by the director of the, the original film. It's The Ring 2, mm -hmm. a film that is one of the most incoherent Hollywood films ever released. Like one of those Never things where you're that. like, oh my God, like that no one did a pass here Never or whatever. Yeah. So the, weird. The first, the ring is like improbably great. The, yes. the Verminsky like, ring is, is a, a truly good movie. Phenomenal. Yes. yes. And, um, and then. And then when they had uh, Nakata do the, you were kind of, oh, that's kind of a clever idea. Bring him in. Sure. Uh, and I think it's partly that the ring ends perfectly. Yes. Like the story is resolved so well. Yeah. You don't, it is, there's not a lot of space for a sequel. The Ring also but that has, movie is like, the bonus final act where you think the movie's resolved and they're like, there's another 30 minutes to go, which yeah. kind of functions like its own sequel. Where then how do you tack a sequel onto that? The I Ring also rules. feel like, you know, The Ring, They there's a lot of stuff in the Japanese Ring, which is a great movie, obviously, but yep. uh, that, that they kind of discarded uh, certain elements of, like, psychic powers and all of that in the Americanization. They find it a little. And I think, yeah, you know, I think those could have saved Yeah, right. Ring two is like Sissy SpaceX here. She's got a bird's nest on her head and she's crazy. You know, like it's a lot of like whatever. Uh, and that movie kind of it did okay, but it like it did not huge uh, drop do off the, from the first right, the business yeah. of the first. Okay, number four, animated film, terrible. Oh, fuck. Uh, Home on the Range. No, nope. no, that's two thousand four. It's not Meet the Robinsons. That's nope. two thousand seven. Is Disney, it a Disney? No. It's not a Disney. Is it a DreamWorks? Yes. Oh no! Actually, no. It's a fox. It's a fox. It's a fox, and it's not an ice age. Not an ice age. No, it's a it's a one off. It's a one off, and it's it's a robots. Robots. I rewatched robots recently. Why? I don't remember why. why did you do that? I don't remember. How was what it? Prompted me. It's bad. Mm. What's interesting is I. It's kind of the last Robin Williams doing a voice in a cartoon yes. as well. The like, design in that movie is unbelievable. Okay. It, it looks incredible. It's, it's all William Joyce. Right. It's written by David Lindsay Abair. Uh, sure. It cool. has this crazy stacked cast. It is one of the only animated films, certainly of that size I've seen, where I'm like, I think they fucked with this in the edit. Where you can tell like entire plot lines were lifted out. They put pop songs over it that sequences were not designed around. Right. Uh, it just, it feels similarly kind of incoherent. Um, Character design's great in it. Though. Haven't seen Robots. Ben, have you seen Robots? No. Number five of the box office. Comedy with a big star who endures to this day. Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed. No! He's the biggest comedy star <laughs> in Hollywood. Old Scoobert. Oh, that movie came out in 2004. Fuck. That's actually and a check. Really <laughs> no, this film is sort of a forgotten thing. It is a family-friendly vehicle okay. Okay. for an action star the that pacifier. was a hit. It is the pacifier. Yeah. People forget that the pacifier made money. It was a big titty tip. It was a big old hit for Vin Diesel. Yeah. And yet it was kind of like, hmm, it was embarrassing. you lost the juice, huh, This buddy? was when he went crawling back to the Fast yeah. and Furious, not that long after this. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's a real... Uh, it, it, this is... Four years before he goes crawling back. Yeah, well, what happens? There's something in between. He right? does Babylon AD. Okay. Which is the real Nadir. Yeah. And I feel like there's one other thing in this era. I'm pretty He doesn't work much. Yeah, back he doesn't. Back. I remember. Because obviously like, Riddick was, is the year before Find Me Guilty Riddick, right? five or six. Oh, maybe. Six. Yeah, that's in there. Yeah, yeah. okay. So yeah. it's Find Me Guilty, and then Babylon's the one where he's done. Babylon AD yeah. is 2008, and that's one of those movies that I think sat on the shelf for a while right. or whatever. Right. Yeah, he really just didn't work much. Yeah. And, and Riddick six, really kind of blew it up for him. Right. Six is the Tokyo though. Drift cameo. Oh, absolutely. I appreciated, yeah. you know, I, Fast X is a disaster. 
but I appreciated your defense of his commitment in your review, <laughs> which I do think is important. Oh, yeah. he He's acting so hard. He's acting yeah. harder than anyone. He is. That's yeah. true. He's not phoning it in in that movie. No, now, no. some things were phoned I mean, in that Absolutely. Movie. I think, Almost I mean, everything. On, on a yeah. fucking tin can oh, yeah. phone. Right. I, men- I mentioned this in the review, but the like, part early on where he's like at home looking at the window and he hears us out and he like whips his head around yeah. so much that people laughed in the audience. And they're like, yeah. He's, like, he's undeniably got a lot of power on screen and he commits very hard to everything he does. The pacifier, though, is a weird example of what you're saying, like a hit that hurt right. someone's career. A hit where it's like this, this is a big bummer. It makes $130 million or whatever sold entirely on his name. It is popular and everyone's like, OK, we're done with you. Number six is Hitch. Uh, huge Care hit, obviously. Man. Uh, number seven is the Bruce Willis thriller Hostage, which I definitely saw in theaters. And I, I remember, I think, I recently... I think my dad asked me, like, hey, was that any good? And I was like, the opening credits are kind of cool. And he was like, that's that's a bad sign. <laughs> like, that you think that it was the best thing to remember? I think that came up in a box office game semi-recently. And your hint was, it's a movie where the title is just a thing. Yeah. And I guessed it in one. Because it's the most fucking first draft title ever. Hostage. Yeah. Uh, Sounds like a Jason Bateman comedy. Yeah, right. I'm a hostage. He's He's doing the Jason Bateman poster face. You've also got Ice Princess. Is that Michelle Trachtenberg? Uh, Ice skating drama. Mm. Uh Disney film. Falls in love with the boy who drives the Zamboni. Sure. Uh, Be Cool. Yeah, we'll cover it someday, probably, on the what, fucking Elmore Leonard. Elmore Leonard, sure. Yeah, that came close. And uh, number 10 at the box office uh, has just won uh, the Academy Award for Best Picture. Million dollar baby. What's it up to with this? 94, point? and it's going to make uh, 100. So it's basically done. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Allison, anything you want to plug? No. No. Oh, your writing's great. Everyone I, should read everything you write. Yeah, you can follow uh, my dog on Instagram. You can follow the dog on Instagram. Yeah, Samo the dog. Everything you're there writing you over on New York Magazine and Vulture. Um, your Fast X review I thought was particularly good. I appreciate um, you saying that. And I said this to you backstage when we were at the the film spotting show. But the, your uh, your Top Gun piece <laughs> is this all a death dream? A yep. take that is usually exhausting, a but take you, that fired up Bill Simmons. We talked about it. The amount of people I know it. who are not caught up in the fucking film Twitter world who cited that. Did you read that fucking piece? It, to it me? is iron. Cl- the logic of that yes. theory, whatever you, I hate to yeah. use the word theory these mm. days because it's become so loaded. But I, the, the, the logic of that argument is But iron I feel like cl- it crossed barriers. Yes. Yes. I was honestly like Sound the barriers. best thing I wrote yeah. last year. It was easily. Incredible piece. I highly recommend it anyway. What a good movie. Yeah. yeah. That movie. Yeah. Uh, talk about rock solid. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's uh, kind of the Scooby Doo two monsters unleashed of our time. Um, Allison, uh, it, far too long since we'd had you on before. We'll have you on again sooner. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thanks for coming, Allison. Yeah. Talking about oh boy yeah. with us on blank check. I don't know why I'm doing this. The oldest of the boys. Thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you to Marie Barty for our social media and helping to produce the show. Thank you to AJ McKee and Alex Barron for our editing, JJ Birch for our research, Lane Montgomery and the Great American Novel for our theme song, Pat Reynolds, Joe Bowen for our artwork. You can go to blankcheckpod.com for links to some real nerdy shit, including our Patreon Blank Check special features where we do commentaries on film series and other sorts of bonus stuff. So we're doing the the Oceans franchise, including the, the Rat Pack and the Eight... Uh, with the three Soderbergs in between. And we'll be doing an episode on uh, uh, Little Drummer Girl. 
put yeah. your TV on the Patreon side where it belongs. Yeah, I'll start watching that. Free membership on the Patreon. New episode, old episodes unlocked from three years ago. Every ten days, what's coming up there, Ben? We have uh, hanging up with Sonia. Oh, <laughs> our Efron series. Uh, great. Tune in next week for sympathy for Lady Vashon. Uh That's right. Yep. Uh, and as always, uh, never, ever, ever open a box. <laughs> <laughs>